Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. I am your host, John Neighbors, and appreciate each and every one of you making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. What a Monday that we have in store because we're going to talk a lot about everything that happened over the sports weekend, get into some of the fun things, have some fun videos to watch, and also some cringy videos to watch as well. But of course, we have to start just like we do each and every Monday with the uh, latest up-to-date information on the Razorback basketball team and the performance that they had on the previous Saturday. And man, oh man, was it a doozy. Arkansas lost again, and they lost in convincing fashion to the LSU Tigers, a team that was 3-4 and four in SEC play, a team that was 11-9 and nine overall. They lost to that team 95-74. to 74. Honestly, it wasn't even that close. It was a three-touchdown victory for the LSU Tigers, was up four touchdowns, 28 points with just two minutes to go in the game. And Arkansas, once again, looks like a complete and total inept team across the board. Now, I will say that if I would have told you before the game started that Arkansas was going to score 74 points, some of you may have been like, oh, okay, well, maybe, just maybe they have a chance at uh, getting it together and winning the game and you know, depending on how it goes. But the problem is, is that you have to play defense. And Arkansas did not know how to do that. They didn't do it whatsoever. And LSU went out there and hit 12 three-pointers on 23 attempts. They made Will Baker look like the big white version of Ray Allen out there as he was going four or five from three. Uh, nine of 11 from the field had 25 points. I think his average was 11, something like that. But you know how Arkansas does it. They have to have people have career highs against the Razorbacks themselves. But it, w it wasn't even close from the get-go. Once again, we saw a slow start slash bad start, however you want to put it. And that's pretty much the recipe for this Razorback basketball team this year. If they start off decently, they may have a chance to win. If they start off bad, they have zero chance to win and they get blown out. And not only that, but they can continue to set records this year, folks, because we talked about when Arkansas lost to Auburn in the very first game of the conference site, that that was the largest margin of victory for Auburn over the Razorbacks in program history. Same thing with LSU here in the regular season as their final victory of 21 points over the Razorbacks is the largest margin of victory for LSU over the Razorback basketball program in the regular season. So they are setting records right and left for all the wrong reasons. I would sit here and dive into the box score. and Let's talk about how Tremont Mark ended up with 20 points, even though the 20, 20th point really came in the very end. Or maybe someone like Jalen Graham, who got 18 points, wouldn't have known it. It didn't feel like it, but he certainly did. He does go 8 of 14 from the field and did add a couple of nice little plays from him. Uh, Makai Mitchell had 10 points, had a little blow up. I don't know if they put that into the box score, but they might as well because we're going to have to dive into that too. And really, anybody else of note that I even care to mention? No, nothing matters. Nothing. It doesn't. Who cares? Who cares about the box score? 
Uh, I have really gotten to the point, folks, where you know each and every time we've talked about this team and the continuing amount of losses that they take, and especially in the fashion that they take them, that it continues to get worse and worse and worse as time goes on. And honestly, it, it has felt like Arkansas hasn't had a fun Saturday since Purdue. And that didn't even, even count. Like Arkansas fans, I think in just football and basketball in general, Arkansas fans have had maybe two fun Saturdays. Two, maybe. And that was when maybe they went on the road and beat Florida, depending on if you were done with the season or not in football. And then that Purdue game is really the only time that's been fun on a Saturday in basketball. And it's really wearing thin. I want to fast forward to the end of the season. I, I really do. I'm not saying end it. I just want to fast forward through it. I want to be able to just simulate it. You know, like you used to do in those college football or college basketball games where you're like, I don't really want to see how the rest of the season goes. I just want to get into the recruiting. I want to get into getting into the throwing out pitches and having in-home visits with some better players because I really don't care about the rest of the season or the result. I just want to fast forward it. Don't give me the labor pains. Just give me the baby. That's what pretty much Razorback fans are feeling. That's how I'm feeling now, too. I know that there's nine games left in conference play. I don't really care what Arkansas's record is going to be because it's not going to amount to anything. They're not going to go to the NCAA tournament. They will turn down an NIT bid if they were even offered it. They're not going to pay for the CBI. So why do we care? What does it matter? It doesn't. So let's just move on to the rest of the offseason. Let's move on to find out exactly what's going on with Muss, staying or going, assistant coaches, all staying or going, transfer portal, freshman class, whoever, what's what's, what's it looking like? Somebody going to be staying on the team next year? Let's just get to the stuff that's going to matter next season because this year is a wash. It doesn't matter. It, we're over it. We're tired of it. We want to move on. Everyone wants to move on. And I just don't know how anyone can find any sort of enjoyment or entertainment out of the rest of this basketball season. Oh, we'll be stupid enough to watch the games. We'll be stupid enough to sit here with our thumbs up our butts trying to figure out what in the world is going to happen next. Like maybe we'll get to see something crazy. It's honestly get to the point to where I'm really hoping that the other team has a historic performance. So that way we got to witness history, but just being on the wrong side of it. But that's really where I'm at this year. I'm done. I don't care. I just want to move on from it. I want to get to the end of the season. I want to have all these questions being answered. I want to have all the hoopla and the rumors mill and all the stuff circulating around. I want it all to come to an end and I just want to move on, but we still have nine, I guess 10 games left. Cause unlike, uh, in, in baseball, uh, you do have to play all 14 sec teams in the sec basketball tournament. Uh, although I wish it could be the final two just gets, you don't even get to go. You don't even get to make the trip because I feel like Arkansas is really going to get close. I don't know. Missouri sucks balls. Like the fact that this team beat Missouri shows how bad they are. And who knows what Vanderbilt's going to be doing. I guess they did beat Missouri in the battle of the defeateds. So who knows what's really going to happen the rest of the way. But I'm over it. I'm done with it. And I'm moving on. Just like we here on the show are moving on because we got to welcome our guys, of course, Curtis Wilkerson and Scotty Bordelin of Natty State Sports. Hey, guys. How 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 you feeling? How was your Saturday? Hey, John. Yeah, isn't it great? Isn't it great? Scotty and I got to do on the pot at the palace this morning, like just get it all off our chest. You know, like this team's been on life support for weeks now. And I, I think time of death was about noon on Saturday. And you know, we kind of provided the obituary today and you did a pretty good job of summing it up. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. I hate the phrase, but it is what it is at this point with, uh, with this basketball team. And you, know, you talk about them having to play these next nine games and it's something Scotty and I talked about this morning, like, 
for what? Like, what do you like? How do you? What's the approach? You know, because you're right. Like, you're not playing for an NCAA tournament at large bid. In fact, we talked about last week. I got you listed some numbers. I've got some numbers for you. Um, but we got on the Torvik simulator last week, and it was like, oh, well, if, if Arkansas goes nine and two in their last eleven games, they only lose at Alabama and Kentucky, they'd still be four spots off. Well, we did it last night. If Arkansas went nine and zero, they would be eight spots off of the at-large bid. They they would be in the next four out. So, yeah, wow. there you go. It's it's a wrap, right? I mean, it's just uh, it's one of the few times in the middle of the conference slate where it's like, even if you go undefeated the rest of the way in the regular season, yeah, it still does not matter. And in terms of like the records, you know, that are being set, the historic aspects of this season. Uh, another good one for you. Arkansas has now lost four games this season by 20 or more points. That equals the total number of times that happened in the last four years combined. Fine. You're making my mood so much better, Curtis. I appreciate that. <laughs> what else? Do you have any other numbers you want to just yeah. stab into the wound here? I, I don't. Scotty does. Oh, great. Good, Scotty. You're up. Let's go. Let's go ahead and do it. So I'm working on a, um, a YouTube short right now, and I guess I'm just going to give it out here um, in case nobody watches it later. Um, Curtis did a short on Sunday talking about Arkansas's rotation and consistency in 12 different starting lineups. Uh, that's two more, I believe, than the last Arkansas's last two teams, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Uh, Arkansas did get into double figures in uh, the last two seasons with the different lineups. Uh, I was wondering what I was going to do today after I did the pot at the Palace. <laughs> um, and so I went through every single Division One team's page on Ken Palm and looked up. 363? Yeah. Okay. And I looked at uh, looked up starting lineup numbers for every one of them. Only twelve teams in America have used more starting fives this season than Arkansas. I bet you it's like Kansas, Duke, you, you, like the good teams, right? That do that, right? The combined record of the teams that have used more lineups than Arkansas is ninety nine and one sixty eight. There are only ten other teams that have used twelve different starting lineups. One of them is Vanderbilt. Golf claps, you're as good as the company you keep, right? Curtis dropped that line earlier. I liked it. Only two of those teams have a winning record. Good. Um, any of them like an NCAA tournament team <laughs> at all, like when it comes to the winning record? No? No. No? No. Mm. Nope. No. Sweet. No. Like, you probably never heard of. If I will give, I would, I will get you coffee in the morning if you could name a single team that has played more starting fives or as many starting fives as Arkansas. Uh, not counting Vanderbilt. Oh, geez. I wouldn't even know where to this guess. This might be I, the I Tuesday to, trivia coming I'd early. Say, cause you, cause I heard you say something about there is a team that's like 0 and 24 this year. There too. is. Yes. Yeah, and I wouldn't even know where that is. So, uh, who is that? Who is 0 and 24? Detroit mercy. They're really uh, missing the, uh, was it the Antoine something Davis Antoine Davis. Yeah. One that's of the right. big, big yeah. time scorers. Mm-hmm. One of the best in college basketball history. Yeah, um, but it's uh, like tough, man. Eastern Michigan, Texas Southern, Detroit Mercy, Morgan State, uh, Furman, Alcorn State, uh, who Arkansas played in the opener, Jacksonville, not high school, St. John's. <coughs> St. John's Pacino. is really the only team I'm and kind then of somewhat surprised by. The teams by. that yeah. have started as many lineups as Arkansas this year, it almost sounds like, you know, the names of Lord of the Rings characters like Elon, <laughs> Stonehill. I mean, it's a freaking joke, dude. You can't you can't find consistency with who you even want to start games with. You're gonna like you're in a world of hurt, and that's Arkansas lives in that. Like it's not even I can't even they're 500, but it's not even mediocre. You know, 
I was going to say thank you, Scotty, for your rigorous research, but I almost should apologize to you for having to do that <laughs> and go through that. That's probably not something you've why ever done I before, do, I feel like. Why did I like. even do that? Yeah, like I feel like that's probably a first for you going through and Every, looking up yeah, that particular it's stat. It's the first time I'd ever clicked on Stonehill's Ken Palm page. That's a fact. <laughs> I just That is just absurd. But, I mean, who, who's missing now for Arkansas as far as a starter? We need um, Bayfall. Bayfall. Is there... Is that it? I mean, it might Besides be, because I remember, like... Denijay Harris, he started a game. He started a game. And then uh, Pinion has started. We've seen, I don't think any of the, the, the yeah, I guess, did Kate Arbogast start? Pin, Pinion game? has started one. Um, Denijay Harris has started a game. He started Ole Miss. This is Bay oh. and the Walk-Ons. Bayfall and the Walk-Ons. That sounds like a great band. Yeah, Bayfall Bay, Bay, Bay and the Walk-Ons, <laughs> man. Kind of sums up, uh, you know, the talent. Coming uh, this, to Kingfish this, this summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hitting the portal this summer. I mean, it's um, just it's wild because nothing theoretically changed from the time they left Columbia, Missouri until the time they got to Baton Rouge. But you nailed it, John. Like they got down seven to two, and you looked over at us. We were doing the live stream. You're like, eh, that, "That's a wrap." Yep. Put a bow on it. Yep. And you knew right then they were done. You get down by two possessions. It's a wrap, man. Yeah. They folded up. Yeah. And what's so crazy is it's like it doesn't take long either. Like you're talking about just getting to the first media timeout. And they were down to thinking this one eight to two. I think it was at the first under mm -hmm. sixteen. I, I was like, nope, nope, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't happening. The thing is, Arkansas got the first basket of the game, and so they did. And I think LSU ran off the next ten. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it is a thing to where I still don't know what to think each and every day, and each and every time we watch. I will say the live streams we've been doing during the games have been pretty fun. Or at least people are watching them. Maybe they're not fun, but uh, people are watching it's them. It's a good time. I yeah, mean, so uh, you know. we enjoy it. Um, but it, it's just, it, it's almost getting, I'm, I'm like, I want to, I love going into it knowing that I'm going to be miserable and having to watch <laughs> this game and having to watch this basketball from the start to finish and it not even replicating anything that basketball has been meant to be. Because here's the thing, LSU is not a great team. No. They're really not. But Arkansas made them look like an NCAA tournament, like one of the better, like one of those old, good old fashioned Will Wade LSU teams, you know, like the the ones that I think ended up having a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Like that's what it looked like. Arkansas made them look like future Arkansas and, coach Will Wade. Yeah, yeah, future Arkansas coach Will Wade. <laughs> but that, but that's just like I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm just over it. Like I, I am truly over it. I'm truly over this team. I'm truly over giving them any sort of. I'm just to be honest. I'm true. I'm over giving them any respect. I mean, I, I they don't tried, respect themselves. Yeah, and that's exactly right, Curtis. Like, I, I try to be as you know hopeful, or maybe you know trying to give credit where credit is due. Because against Missouri, for instance, I mean, they played well and looked better. You know, against even Kentucky, even though they lost, they played better. But it's at the point where it's like I don't even care about that anymore. I don't. I, it just doesn't matter. Like, why when you go on the road against LSU and you put forth that type of effort? Especially when you feel like you should be feeling somewhat better about yourselves because you went to Missouri and won and everything, and you just nah lay an egg. Like Caliph Battle is is just you know you guys you have your missing Razorbacks over there and you add him to the mix. That dude, uh, I'm like if you would have told me that what he did in non-conference play, which I'm not saying he was just next level, but how many 25 point games do we see this guy have? I, for him to just be not even getting the double digits in these games John, is insane. I, I, I wrote a story 
in uh, ahead of Arkansas's trip to Tulsa for the Oklahoma game. If you go back to Caleb Battle's last six or seven games at Temple and you combine it with, I think, like his first seven or eight games at Arkansas, he had scored 20-plus in 10 of the 15 games, 10 of those 15 games. So he was doing it twice as often as he wasn't. Since then, he hasn't done it once. And is it just, like, honestly, you guys are know, you know more about basketball than I do. Is it just because he ain't good? Is it because the, t- the competition's been elevated now to where they know how to key? Because we've seen him capable of hitting threes after threes. And, uh, you know, he's not the – I wouldn't say he's the most polished offensive player, but he has shown his moments. Like, we're talking about nine games into this conference slate, and I think, Scott, you said, what was it, 12 points has been his – 11, 11, 11 points. Back back. Yeah, he had 11 against Kentucky and Ole Miss, maybe. So, so is it a mental thing with him? Is it yes. just he's not good? Like, what is it? He's good. I think he's just a, a guy who thrives off playing with swagger that's had all the swagger sucked right out of him. It's, it's, there's there's nothing left. You see a guy like L. Ellis whose confidence has been shattered. That and dude's I not think even playing. He's not even playing now. Who, okay, you know, like, oh, let's – you know what we're gonna we're gonna roll with our guy here. We think he's a veteran. We need this you know this dude in here. So we're gonna go from not playing him at all to starting him for two or three games in a row and playing him about thirty minutes per game. And then he's not gonna take his shooting shirt off for two games. And that's gonna fix anything with anyone. And it's not just L. It's the message that it sends to the rest of the team. And it's the same thing with Battle. His minutes decrease, 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 and probably who knows like bad body language or not doing the things that they need him to do. You know to get back on the court. And then all of a sudden you start him just, just out of nowhere. It's not like he did anything on the floor that, that warranted that. It was just, hell, we haven't tried it yet. And so you start him and you play him for a couple games and then, you know, what, what happens? He, uh, you tell the team to stop shooting threes, which is like the one thing he does well at this point, and uh, then you bench him. Just, you just bench him uh, in another game where everybody else sucks. So how is he going to respond to that after a week? Probably not great. You know, it's just yeah. – I get it. Like you have to continue to try to do different things and, you know, figure something out that's going to work, even though it's pretty clear at this point, that's not going to happen. But I don't know what the expectation is, you know, in terms of, of, you know, having guys bought in or getting them to figure it out when it's just so inconsistent from player to player, from game to game. Yeah. And again, like it's, if I'm the guy who's dealing with, like if I'm L Ellis and I'm, playing a ton, and then I'm benched for three games. I don't know what's going on. It's not going to do anything for me as a player. And then if I'm blocker or whoever who sits on the bench and watches L, and then all of a sudden, you know, he comes out and I get put in, then I'm I'm playing, but in the back of my mind, I'm going, Psh, I'm, about, I'm about one mistake away from, you know, being in his seat for the next two weeks. Mm, yeah. It's just, it's tough. And it's a two-way street. Like, you oh, have yeah. to produce to keep your spot. I get it, but... I mean, damn, like the only thing they haven't done is just pick a group and just roll with it. Yeah. Like sink or swim. Like you're 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 sinking anyway. Like you've already drowned, actually. <laughs> but just pick some guys and just let them play. Cause that, that's the only thing you haven't done yet. It just it yeah. blows me away. Yeah. Steve O's in the comments saying battle shoots threes well. Yeah, he shoots thirty nine percent from three this year. Did but you, know you wouldn't feel like it, but yeah. it's true. A guy that shoots thirty nine percent from deep, I would I would be like Okay, like on the whole, we don't want to take a bunch of threes, but KB, if you got good looks, buddy, let it rip. Yeah. I mean, he's he's about the only guy that can make one yeah. right now. And then, you know, I think one of the reasons that KB didn't play a whole lot the other day 
Um, and I found out on the re, on the rewatch why he really didn't play. Um, he's been getting a lot of two point shots blocked, and like he's not drawing whistles when he's driving the ball to the rim, and he's playing very below the rim. Like he's not drawing contact, not getting to the free throw line. And then I had him giving up four buckets on five shots defended. Three of those were threes, and he played what like eight to ten minutes. I don't, yeah, I think it was like seven and somewhere a half in that is range. Yeah, they had him like at that. nine minutes. Um, yeah, that's that's one or nine minutes. Yeah, he did. He did. He sat down and he got on the floor a couple times early in that game for loose balls. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he's, you know, giving himself a little bit of leash because he he stole LSU won the tip, but he stole the tip mm. and then went and drove the rim or drove the lane and got a shot blocked, which is basically what happened the other night against Missouri. Um, he's had like four of his last five two point shots blocked. And it's just probably some confidence is leaking from that. Um, and then the game plan is to not shoot threes. And the best thing that he does is, you know, knock down shots from the perimeter. Um, and then you give up threes. That's a surefire way to find yourself on the bench. And here, here's Steve-O again. Like, what's, what's his percentage in SEC play? See, what people are failing to realize here is Arkansas has a bunch of guys who had proven production who came here and got worse, period. It just got worse. The people have been telling me all year, Jeremiah Davin can't, Davenport can't shoot. Yes, he can. He made over 200 threes in his career. And I'm in. pretty sure that the three-point line is the same distance exactly. when he was at Cincinnati. Yeah. L. Ellis sucks. No, he doesn't. He was on a crappy team. He still scored 18 a game in the ACC. All these guys, you go on down the list. We just talked about Caleb Battle and everything he's done in the past as a scorer and the things he done at the did at the beginning of the season. These guys have lost confidence. They haven't found a role. There's no trust between player and coach on either side of the floor. I don't care what anybody says. Like, it's just not there. The, the issue is not that these guys aren't talented enough or they're not good basketball players. They're not proven basketball players. It's just broken. Like, from, from top to bottom, internally, externally, on the floor, in the locker room, it's a complete disaster. And it's just that's, – that's what it is. And it's not that these guys suck. It's not that the Monstars came and stole their talents or their powers – it's just broken. There's yeah. a lack of confidence, a lack of care, a lack of chemistry, and these are the results that you're going to get. Well, I, and I'm going to use this word, and I don't like to use it, but I'm going to. I hate this team. I hate them. I just I, hate I, each I, other. Like, me, I, me and Curtis talked like, about this on the pod at the Palace today. We went over, um, we had a list that was about this long. We had to trim it to this long, just like disappointments from the season. Um, and I said it's the least fun that I've had watching a team since I joined the beat in 17-18. And there were points last year where I was, me and Curtis were talking, you know, just kind of ready for the season to be over. And this is a lot worse than that was. Yeah. I mean, that team at least found ways to, I mean, that game, or that team was close at a certain point, I feel like, to reaching 500 on the season. But it did, you know, kind of know who it was and who it was going to go to uh, in certain moments. And guys had roles. Yeah. And so it, it took a while to click, obviously, but. Uh, you won a game that kind of made it, everything else feel a little bit worth it. This year, it's just it's a bunch of crap. Yeah, and and I think that that's why I, I use the word so strongly as hate is because it's not that it's not there. Like it's not that this team, these individuals, I should say, can't play the game of basketball. They can. They have proven it. They have proven it even at their previous stops, and at times have proven it even at Arkansas individually. That is. I mean, we saw L. Ellis perform well again. I know it's Purdue, but against Purdue and even against Duke. 
Same thing with Trevin Brazil. I know he's been out, but even when he's been in, he hasn't been good. But against Duke, what was he, SEC Player of the Week that week? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of his performance, like, we've seen it happen. And that's what makes me infuriated of having of watching them and giving them even my time is because I know like there's nothing worse than knowing people and this is just in every facet of life knowing that people or things or whatever are better than what they're giving that they're better than what you're seeing they're capable of more but for various reasons or for one reason it ain't it and it ain't there and that's why I hate this team is it's like I would I could understand it if like you had a bunch of freshmen or injuries or, or something, just something to where we could be like, yeah, maybe that's it. But there's zero of that. Yes, Devo's left the team, which I don't know if he has or not. I'm starting to hear he's coming back. I don't know. But Trevin Brazil's That'll been out. fix it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> it. But that's the thing yeah. is like right. Devo and, and Brazil being out, <clears throat> you know, before the year, he'd be like, man, that's big. That's big to get those out. But now it's like, I don't know. That may make them worse because it be just – like putting a band on a broken it. arm. Right. Yeah. Like, Come on. I just don't know why it it has to be this bad. You know, like, I, I felt like this team was a, another NCAA tournament team and a possible team that could make another run winning two, three, four games in the NCAA tournament. Like, that's what I thought. But even if I would have gotten humbled a little bit, which I have about this team, just to not Same. even be competitive, not not to get blown out in historic fashion against average below average teams in this conference is just disgusting. It's pathetic. And there's zero excuse for it. Like the team last year would run circles around this team this year. Muss's first year's team with, with nothing but Mason Jones, Isaiah Joe, who was banged up on a bad leg. And then Jimmy Witt, they would destroy this team. Oh yeah. And, and that's what is so mind blowing. I would have never guessed that Muss's worst team would be this year. Because I thought, hey, it's not going to get any worse than his first year, you know, like, because that only had two players really that could do anything. But there is not a single team in Muss's era. And I don't even, I think even in Mike Anderson's era, that would lose to this team. And, and it's, that's what really upsets me is because the talent's there, the ability's there, all they have what it takes to be at least a good team. And they're not even good, they're not even average, they are trash. And that's what pisses me off. Oh, yeah. Lion VRs in the comments saying, I'm going to start getting the money line against the Hogs the rest of the year. Those are not going to be good odds that you're getting, brother. No. Like they're going to be like <laughs> minus 350 and minus 400. Like, it's not going to be worth the squeeze. No, not at <laughs> yeah. all. And it's like, well, we have I a- mean, I like the way you're thinking, but minus 400 is not a good way to live. Yeah. Well, also, by the way, you may, for folks may not know because you may not care anymore, but there is no midweek game this week. Arkansas literally does not play again until Saturday against Georgia in Fayetteville, which I'm sure will be just fun. But if that team, I think that, you know, not that it matters with the crowd, I don't think it's going to be a tremendous crowd against Georgia on Saturday. It'll be decent. But if they look the way that they have and they, man, nobody's going to be at that Missouri yeah, game. Everybody, everybody's going to be checking out. They're, they're going to be bailing. They're going to be yeah. bailing quick because then they're like, hey, well, Baseball season's here. We'll just go to the James Madison series, right. and that'll be our Razorback, you know, attention. And the thing is, like, Arkansas plays Georgia at home on Saturday, and then the best team that's probably going to come into Bud and SEC play, Tennessee, is like two or three days later. Lord knows what that crowd's going to be like. It could turn into a Tennessee home game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really could because that game is – I think it's also an APM game too. 
Not that it, you know, getting the wait around really matters. Eight p.m., six p.m. You could play it on at noon. It, like it doesn't matter. No one's no one's gonna want to be there. No one wants to be there. No one wants to give this team its time, and I don't blame them. And I just I wish that there was, I wish that there was an answer. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down. I know we've discussed it. I know we've, you know, you guys have dove deep into the numbers and have, have spit facts, even though people may not want to believe them all, but they are facts. <laughs> you want to hear another uh, one? Yeah, sure. Why not? Just pile it on, Scotty. <laughs> Let's just make it happen on this Monday. Keep it going. Let's make it terrible. So I, I charted shots defended and potential assists for the LSU game. Makai Mitchell had eight potential assists. Layden Blocker, Caleb Battle, Tremont Mark combined for eight. My goodness. Your, start, your, your first big off the bench finished with as many potential assists as your starting backcourt. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure your bigs aren't supposed to be, you know, I mean, the big Jalen Jalen Graham and Kai have led this team in assists the last two games. The only guys that want to share it are Kai to JG and then JG to Kai. That's about it. Nobody else wants to share it. See, but that, this is, again, goes into the whole other thing about this team, and this is going to get dark quick for me, but – like, it almost reminds me of just a, a, like, you know, you know how the human body's supposed to work. You know what it's supposed to look like. And this team has got, like, four legs, like, two toes, got a pinky coming out of your forehead. Like, it, that, it's like it's there. The body parts are there. But it's just in all the wrong places. And there's two, like, you know, <laughs> you know I'm sorry. You don't need to be using your elbow to be picking up trash. Like, no, you need to use your hands to do that. But that's like you talk. That's what it reminds me of when you're talking about Jalen Graham or Makai Mitchell leading the team in assists or potential assists. They're not supposed to be doing that. That's not their job. Like everything's backwards, and it, it just seems yeah, that's, a, that's just that's so a great ridiculous. Way to put it. It's just back. It's a backwards. It's backwards. Team. Yeah. And I, it, it, I know that Musk can coach. Like I know that he can. I know that they're all capable of doing it. But like. That's what is so crazy is even a guy like Musk, who's been around the game of basketball his entire life, he's looking at this. He's like, I don't know, man. Or as Jalen Graham said to Bob Holt in the press conference that was 30 seconds long. I don't know, Bob. Like, that, that's yeah, kind of just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Scotty brought up a good point uh, on the pod earlier today. Like, it is troubling that Musk has gotten to that point where he's just kind of throwing his hands up, you know, and it's like, hey, what – what do you want me to do? Like stop trying different stuff or what? like when, when is the last time we've gotten like just pissed press conference must like, I mean, there were times where he used to, you know, he'd have his head down on the table. I remember it was after the, uh, that LSU Alabama road trip from hell, like his head's just down on the table. You're getting called on on zoom. You're asking him a question. Never looked up. Yeah. You don't know if you should ask him again because you don't know if he heard you and then gives you the eyeballs of death and gives you a three-word answer. Like, where is that? Yeah. yeah. Or That's what I said. I said I'm just disappointed that he's not more upset after games right. because he just – it's a sign to me that he's just – he knows this roster doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's not a – that's not a he just found that out thing. Like, it could have been a after the home loss to Greensboro thing, you know. But I think he's known – He's yeah, known for that a while. was going to be my that's, question. That's why his temperament is what it is. Yeah, that was going to be my question is when do you think he knew – when do you think he knew – like, because there's no way that he knew before the season started mm. looking at these guys because we, the team's close, the team's doing great, great practice team and everything. But he had to figure it out somehow. <laughs> so it's not a matter of like, when, when was that moment? I know they were down bad for a while there, but 
based on what I was hearing from, you know, like within the walls of the building, they were really, really excited when Keon Minifield got eligible. And I think they thought they were going to have something there by the time they got to SEC play. And then they, I think they realized he's, you know, 135 pounds or whatever. He's a good player, but you can only do so much with that right now. And then, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think it was really the Lipscomb game. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I do. And that, because that's coming off the heels of getting your doors blown off for the second time in three years against Oklahoma. You've got a week sure. off, figure out Menafield's back. Um, don't really play him a whole lot in that game. But when, or when he did get in, they just kind of stashed him in a corner. And then, you know, in the second half of that game or, or later in the first half, it's just like maybe we should put him on the ball. And then you get up 20 points and then you're just like, it's just poof. Yeah. And the lead is gone. And in the midst of that Lipscomb rally, it's like that's where your identity should be plain and clear for everybody in the freaking building to see it. And they don't know what they want to do on offense. They don't. They can't count on anybody on defense to get stops. And it just kind of hit me right there. It's just like they just they don't know who they are. And T Mark after the game told me as much. He's like, I don't really have an answer for you on that right now about like the team's identity or its personality or nothing. I know this sounds absurd, but I, the vibe I got while we were sitting in there in Simmons Bank that day during that comeback was that Musk wanted them to lose that game. And I know he didn't. I know that's not the case. But he, just his his demeanor on that day struck me as like a maybe this is the lesson that these dudes need to learn. Well, well and also they going back, it out. And going back to that, Curtis, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Musk run with the same five like when that lead was getting destroyed that they had? Because oh, I yeah. felt like he didn't change people. So it's like, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, like, it's like, what, you know, it's like, like you don't want to change anybody. That's you don't make a substitution for a defensive mistake. Right. Well, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's like the three-point defense right now. Um, not good. Uh, not close to good. Nowhere near good. Um, and then, you know, we hear after the games, the same stuff, which is like, hey, like, we're still, we're doing the same drills we're doing the same drills we did when we were number one in the country in three-point defense. And my thought is do different drills now. Like, because if you're if you're continuing to have problems getting guys to play the way you want them to play, um, then a, you might have to adapt your style to fit the players that you have. Because you you've rotated through everyone on the roster at this point. Like when you get to the point where you're midway through the first half, and no disrespect, but like you're putting Denage Harris in. Um, maybe, maybe the changes have to come with some things schematically. I don't know. And I get it. Like they've gone, they went to zone for a half or something against Florida and, uh, changed some things up on ball screen coverages, but like, do something. What are you going to do? Yeah. Do, like, do, <laughs> do something, on, man. Like yeah. uh, one of my favorite movies, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, is Apollo 13. It's a great movie for those of you who haven't seen it, by the way. It is good. And it reminds me of Ed Harris's character in that when it basically it's like the the, the ship is destroyed. They, there's everything's going wrong. I have no idea what's happening. And he just goes to his scientist and he's like, okay, so um, so tell me what's good. Tell me what's good on the ship. Like, what do we got here? And that's kind of what the question I've been asking myself with this team is like, okay, so tell me, so what's good? Like, what's good on this? Like, the only good, and I'm not even saying it's great, but the good, I mean, Tremont Mark's good. He goes yeah, for 20 a game. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> Rebounding sucks. Assists suck. They can't steal. They can't play offense. They can't play defense. They can't shoot the three well. They can't shoot the free throw very well, although, actually, 
might be a percentage wise might be even better than what I anticipated, but it's like, they don't, they don't game manage. Well, they don't start well, they don't adjust well, they don't, you know, run press. Well, they don't run three. There's just Tremont Mark. That's what I got. That's it. Who do you think leads the team in assists in sec games? If you tell me Jalen Graham, I'm It's not Jalen Graham. Okay. Is it Makai Mitchell? It's Makai Mitchell. He has 13. I can't. I can't. Keon Minifield has 12. Tremont Mark, 12. Hmm. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Jalen Graham's your second leading scorer in league play. And and I do. You're asking, you know, what's good? Jalen Graham. Jalen Graham, Graham last week was good. He yeah. averaged, what, he had 13 against Missouri. He had 18 the other night. Look, I get it. Like, a lot of his points were coming when the game was decided, but somebody had to score, and Jalen Graham was like, Sure, I'll get buckets. I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, he's wired to score. Because wasn't um, against Missouri too. He had what was it like four block shots, five assists. He was like, yeah, three he was, steals, three yeah, steals. Was, like yeah, he was a, he, he wasn't just points even. In fact, rebounding. He only yeah. had one of those. Jaylen, and that was like his best thing. Jalen Graham is Arkansas shot block lead, shot blocking leader in league games, and um, he's second in steals. <laughs> I'm done. Like, this, I just, I can't. This is wild, man. This I is why Tuesday Who? trivia is so fun. <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, trivia for this team oh, just. Man. Hopefully Ellis isn't watching so I can hit him with that tomorrow. Yeah, that, that, oh, would, man. Be, like, that would be a good one. Because I, I, you, even if you tell me, you told me that and you asked me it again tomorrow, I'm not going to remember because it's so absurd that, that like there's no way. But it's true. And it keeps going back to just, it, it's all backwards. It's all backwards. It's all weird. Like, there's no energy. There's no effort. The locker room's got to be a mess. Like just as far as, like, what do you do? Like if you're on that team, like how are you? How do you? How do you get up for a game? I, I'm not getting to the level of saying it's like Chad Morris esque. I'm not getting to that. But that was one of the things that I always wondered about when Chad Morris was like, how do these players go out on Saturday and even care? How they what, like what? What are they playing for? What are they fighting for? What 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 right. is it? That's what scares me the most about you know this last month of the season is like it's you know it's pretty bad right now but it could get this could get really ugly yeah. I mean we were going up and down the schedule you know earlier and I mean it, it, this team going four and fourteen in league play like it's not crazy no like the you two know? games on your it's, schedule left that you should win are Missouri and Vandy and both those are at home they're both at mm-hmm. home otherwise. You had to go to Vandy this year. You had Harry. Yeah, there's probably only one other game that you you're probably looking at a win yeah. with. Because I guess the other home, like, because your other home games, you have LSU at home, Tennessee at home. I don't think, I mean, LSU. I'm not going to say they're going to win, but that's probably their next easiest home game. It's Ten- right. Tennessee, Missouri, Vandy, LSU. Yeah, and road wise, I don't think you're not winning another road game. Nah. It's over. That ship has sailed. I think. Yeah, you're not you're not winning another road game whatsoever. What do you so. do this week? You know, like you got a yeah, full like, week what, off what, between what? games. We were talking about it. Like, I know they didn't practice yesterday, and I'm I'm pretty sure that they've practiced today. But like, I wouldn't have. I would have been like, "Do you guys come see me? You know, Tuesday or Wednesday? Like, just just go away. Yeah, for just, a while. Just leave me yeah. alone. <laughs> go go and eat at Bruff every day. Like, yeah. at the U of A. Woof. Yeah, go to. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's what you get. That's what you deserve. <laughs> go to eat at Bruff. The Jones Center has been your access has been cut off. Yeah. you, you got to yeah. go slum it at Bruff. Yeah. You, 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 Jerry Jones Yoko. said he's like you guys. No, not you're not allowed anymore. Yeah, just go go do other things that 
aren't around me because that's kind of what it right. feels like and that's kind of what it's going it's to like, be. What's, what's practice going to do this week? Yeah, what, like what do you do? Well, let's scout El Georgia again. Yeah. And, oh, this time it'll be different. I would just hand them the exact same scout and say, hey, do it this time. Yeah, you know? just, like, yeah. What I'm telling you to do, do it. <laughs> And to try it that way. Oh, oh man. man. We got a lot of comments coming in, folks. Yeah, I know it's depressing, but you know what? It's Razorbacks. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, let's see. We got uh, Jeff says there was a reason why a couple of these transfers were transfers. Well, yeah, but like half the league, or half of college basketball in general is a transfer. I mean, I, I think that that's... Like transfers and all that stuff, I don't think I have anything to do with it as far as like, oh, it's just too many transfers. It was like sometimes some transfers are good, some transfers don't, and this this group doesn't. Yeah, None of them get it. None Usually they it. have, you know, one or two that don't pan out and everybody else kind of figures it out, and this year it's been the exact opposite. Yeah. You know, Mark's figured it out, and really none of the other guys have. Uh, also, uh, Kingsley says, you got to be invested to get pissed off. That goes for coach, but players too. A couple of the players who are supposed to be impacted, impact players give off too cool vibes. I'd agree with that. Part. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, they. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I don't care. They don't care. The right. American people don't care. So who cares? Jr. says, "Hey, y'all's live stream during the game is the only entertainment I get out of the games. Misery loves company. Well, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that." Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, like, I've, I've enjoyed those. I'm glad we're doing it. I know. I, I mean, it, I guess we we won't do it during the home games because we'll be at the home games. But still, um, we should put up a poll question if people enjoyed watching us nonsensically watch the game more than the game more than the game. Oh, itself. you're gonna get like 95 percent. The other five's lying to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah it's, it's gonna be like insanely uh, different numbers there, man. <laughs> Uh, Hoggy Red says, "Can we put out an APB for Bay Fall?" He's there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he does he does have the Razorback uniform on. He is there, but well, and I I think to I don't know if I'm coming to the defense of Muss here or what, but the front court has been it's not the, the best part of the team, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, we like just talked right about Jalen yeah. Graham and Makai Mitchell <laughs> actually playing better or leading the freaking team in assists right and chandler lawson's fine you know he's not so, great but he's fine good adjective if bay was a a wing or a guard or something then sure but i mean yeah. i guess i get it with him being like the only guy that's not getting any ticks yeah i mean it's it's just it's always the guy that's not playing yeah you know yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. The, the the bigs that they're playing right now aren't really the issue i mean they might unless be, they can hit a three they might be <laughs> if you're looking at the shots defended that i I did the other day. They gave up 13 on 21 shots defended, which is just pretty gross. But, I mean, they played well back-to-back -back games, and Will Baker just made them, Will made them look fraudulent. Baker, man. Told you, great value. Drew Timmy, I think he just what, he moved up to what's a little bit better than great value. Um, Good and fruitful or whatever Target's brand is. There we yeah, go. Target brand Drew Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Target brands. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ice Cold Mint Julep says, Muss is good. This group was a bust. It happens. Coaching change won't help this season. Best to take the that wins you can get and reset next year. Maybe he figures out something by the SEC tourney. Or maybe well, not. Well, he's not going to figure anything out by the SEC tourney, but... Yeah, there's nothing to figure for, out. Anymore. As for the rest of that, 
you're going to figure sure. it out against Mississippi State and on the road against Texas A&M and then, get it, then against Alabama, then against Kentucky, then against Tennessee. You're not, you're Makes not, sense to you're me. Not, you're not figuring stuff out. Yeah, uh, it, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Uh, Whether there's a coaching change or not, it's going to be an entirely flipped roster. So I agree. Like it, oh, yeah. I, I don't think that part of it matters. Yeah. yeah. There will be, like, I mean, any players on this roster next year? I mean, because I'm not banking on any of them. We're going to... We're we're dedicating an entire podcast to this on Wednesday, but like I don't. There's I'm just being honest. There's not a single player on that roster, not one, that I can you know, look at you in the eyes and say, oh, he'll be back. No, like it doesn't mean they'll all leave, but there's not one that I'll be like, oh no, I guarantee you he's coming back. So Mm. yeah, and and then the other part of it is like, are they wanted back? You know, assuming Mus is still is still around, like. I don't know. Must may want to go full nuclear, just like, hey, let's he might let's just weird. blow this thing up and yeah. uh, and just blow everything up. Just everyone's new. Could you imagine that? I mean, it's, that's like a realistic possibility. Like we could have a portal season for an entire roster. Yeah. <laughs> like outside of the two, it's a good uh, thing freshmen our, coming. Good in. thing our big board already has like thirty names on it. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, you may need to you start adding fifty to hundred. Like getting to that. Yeah, point. we're gonna add some more pretty soon. There's room for like four or five more guys on the front side. They're gonna flip that sucker around and <laughs> man the get, only get busy with priorities my only thought uh, about that though would be like guys who have already transferred once that can't necessarily transfer again depending on what they do with that rule like minifield right like if yeah. he if he were if he were to transfer again like he would almost certainly have to sit like there's some guys in that case but some of the older guys like say brazil has a choice you know like he he's not in a position where he can really transfer again is he going to come back or is he just going to go to the draft or, you know, Mark or Battle or whoever? These guys who have already transferred once and they're upperclassmen, like, you, you come back for a year for for what? what? Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want any of them back. Right. Like, uh, just it's, me personally. Like, I just, again, blow it up and start over, start fresh and see what happens. Because, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You, you, you start two and seven in SEC play, you're, you're getting blown out by 20. Next year, like, is that the worst thing that can happen? Because we're seeing it. We're seeing it. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, other ones, too. Um, Hunter says, uh, live stream for baseball games or no? No, not yet. Keep you updated on that. Baseball's different. Baseball games can last a long time. Yeah. Basketball's and there's a lot usually of them. two hours-ish done. But baseball, <clears throat> we'll see. Baseball, we'll see we... a nine-inning game could go four hours. Yeah, and they even tr- and that's after they tried to speed up the game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like right. They, they've tried <laughs> to do that. So with the pitch, uh, with the pitch clock or batter's clock, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, let's see. Uh, there was another question I was going to get there too, but um, oh yeah, Kingsley says I'm exhausted with people still using NIL to complain. It's obvious they don't know what NIL stands for, much less how it actually impacts things. That's why this. It's not why this team is trash, y'all. Thank you, Kingsley. A hundred percent true. Like anyone that brings up NIL or how terrible the transfer portal is, it's like, dude, that those this is the exception to the rule. Like this I mean, is it's not just the way of the world now, too. Like everybody's using transfers. It might just not be the volume of transfers that Arkansas is using. Um, but yeah, everybody, like everybody, I would love to see a roster that doesn't have a transfer on it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean like no even like even Purdue is going after transfers. Like Purdue's going after like complimentary pieces to the guys that yeah. they're bringing. Yeah, they back went and got the transfers. Lance Jones kid, and he's yeah, changed he's been, the dynamic of that roster. It's been great. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, everybody's using transfers. It's just it varies, obviously, on your roster needs, how many how many you take or how many high school kids you want. Would you rather have a mature, um, a mature, older guy, you know, from a different school, or would you rather have a project freshman coming in? You're probably going to take the transfer over him. Hundred percent, the, the freshman. So. You know what's so interesting about that is is Muss on his radio show. He was asked a question. Something about, uh, I don't remember if it was recruiting related or just like teaching points. I, I think it was teaching points. They were talking about the hand in the eyeball thing they do defensively. And, you know, last year he was talking about how many times he would have to stop practice um, to teach because those freshmen, like it was all new to them. And, you know, so the thought process is all oh, you get a bunch of older guys and, and you won't have that problem. But then he was talking about on the radio show last week and he was like, you know, now that I look back on it, it might actually be easier to have freshmen instead of guys who've played at, you know, a school or two for three or four years and then came over because those different habits are so ingrained that it's harder to change them. Oh, so yeah. So it's just like, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, uh, always, <laughs> you know, get, get religious on you. It's always, always hard if you were trying to convert someone to your religion. It's a lot easier to convert someone who has no religion than someone who's been in a different religion forever. Yeah, there you go. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like if you got somebody that's used, you know, two, three years somewhere else, getting used to it being done a certain way, it's a lot more difficult to try to teach them how do you do it than for someone who's raw and has never experienced it and doesn't know anything better. And so they're just like, yeah, well, I'm no, I'm going to go with what you're saying, and I'm going to, you know, go ahead and call that the the way it's going to be. Yeah. So I'm kind of dealing with the same. Like it's the same kind of deal with my adopted kids like they had family that they listened to other relatives that they listened to taught them different things um and my wife and I are having to reteach them or teach them brand new things and it takes so freaking long for them to get it mm -hmm. once and yeah. so it's kind of the the same thing it's like you know Caleb Battle for example how many years was he at Temple like three years or he was at Butler he's at Butler too yeah. yeah and so you've got Butler coach Temple coach over three years, and then you visit a new school, another coach, completely different way of doing things. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like, you know, we've talked in the past a little bit about, you know, having to coach the Missouri out of, or coach the insert school name here out of whoever. I think that's very real. Mm -hmm. It's very oh, real. I, I think so too. And it keeps going back to, hey, Tremont Mark came from Houston, came from Kelvin Sampson, guy who knows his stuff and has been an elite coach. Or maybe why it's it been, a little easier of a path for him to find a role and to be able to succeed at least on the individual level and at least in the point totals of uh, what he's been able to do so far. And I was like, I think there's probably something to that, but just, you know, but, but what does that mean? He's like, okay, well now if you go for transfers, you just need to get them from big time schools. I mean, I think maybe sometimes, maybe part of it, but you know, I, I think, there's been guys like, uh, you know, like Stanley Amude when we always bring him up. I know using him as an example, but uh, he was a guy that took a while. And then once he got it, he became the starter and was a key component for that team. And it also makes me wonder, too, and I'm not you know, trying to reinvent the history or anything, but it makes, makes me wonder, like, would J.D. Note, if he would have been eligible to play his first year under Muss, like, you know, what, what, do you, what would he have looked like? Yeah, that's you know a what I'm saying? question. Yeah, like, but getting that year behind the scenes, seeing how it's done, practicing and all that, I'm sure that was extremely beneficial to him and to mm -hmm. being able to fit right into that role that next year. So, it, it, But it's not an excuse, though. And, and I don't want anyone thinking that we're making excuses because we're not. There's zero excuse for this team to suck eggs as much as this team does. Like, there's zero excuse for it. But people want answers of why, and that's what we're trying to do. Like, we're just trying to figure out 
Why? Because I, I, there's not a single person worth their salt that knows basketball, especially college basketball, in this country that looked at Arkansas before the year started and said, yeah, this team's going to suck. There's not a single person that did that. Even and, Norlander, who was low on or lower yeah. on him anybody, had him as the 47th best team in the country. So yeah. we'd all take that right Arkansas now. Arkansas would give him an arm, maybe both arms. Yeah, I've had. I, I would like just being a top 100 team right now would be tremendous strides. Yeah. yeah, tremendous strides. But it, that's just not the case here. It's not the case. Uh, Black neighbors says, uh, I think. Uh, no, no, it's Kings. I want to say Black neighbor says uh, Scotty hit the nail on the head. The good teams bring in players to complement what's coming back, as opposed to nine to eleven new players from us. Well, I mean, Purdue didn't go out and get a bunch of bunch of guys because they had Fletcher Lawyer, uh, Braden Smith. Oh, by the way, Zach Eady. So like, it's not yeah. like you've got to go get your leading scorer, your second leading scorer, your best defender, your best wing defender, uh, an off ball specialist when you've got right. that coming back. Yeah, it'll it'll vary from year to year. You know, here a lot of people get frustrated about the turnover, you know, but when you have seniors who run out of eligibility and then you have four guys who are now playing in the NBA, like you what you can't do anything about that, you know. It's not like they just had a mass exodus of of contributors that they wanted back no. that dipped, you know. Um so they had to fill those gaps. I mean, I agree like yeah, if you could have a, a, a stronger core intact and just, you know, bring in some pieces around them to compliment them. That would be awesome. But I also saw a, a comment, yeah, from Tim Culver. It says the new guys were supposed to compliment TB, I think. TB is not what, what we thought for whatever reason. And there's a lot of truth to that. I, mean, I believe they, it. They kind of built out the rest of the roster around TB and not Devo because they didn't know Devo was coming back until late in the game, but they yeah. knew TB was. And it was like, yeah. all right, we've got this – you know, quote unquote unicorn. Yeah, he's supposed to be your cornerstone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we got to get the dudes around him. And uh not only has that not worked out, like he quite frankly hasn't worked out either. And uh, you know, like when the when the problems when there's a fracture in the foundation, like, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So the house don't fall if the bones are good. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. Yeah, lying. Whew. Yeah. I'm but, not gonna sing that line, but I just had to drop that. It would bar be cool if you did. Yeah. Oh, no, Andrew's <laughs> our singer. We gotta wait till <laughs> yeah. he gets here. But it, it's it's also the same thing too with uh going back to the Trevin Brazil thing, because last year, you know, when the team had their struggles and everything, and I'm not saying that Musk was lying about it, but it was like Musk said last year, he's like, Hey, all this stuff you guys are talking about, you know, we we're building this team and this offense around Nick Smith and Trevin Brazil. Right. Like that's what we built it around. And then when when there that's what you saw. And so it's like, what was this team being built around? And was it being built around Trevin Brazil and Devo? Or, or was it being built around Trevin Brazil and maybe Tremont Mark was going to be? I, 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 I wanted, I'm curious to know who or what Musk was building this team around. And if it was Brazil, then I think it makes sense as to why this team has crumbled as much as they have. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know if they had like those the foundations that they felt like they were building around, or if they really just. Well, I, I don't think they did. I know they did this. Is they looked at the last few years, and they saw that they were a top twenty team in the country defensively, and they knew that if they were going to get past the Sweet Sixteens or the Elite Eights and take the next step, that they had to get offense. And they knew they were sacrificing and that it just it hasn't panned out. And sometimes it's not 
about the players so much as it is the fit of the players in the system, whatever that is that they're trying to do offensively. Uh, and so from that standpoint of it, like I, they, they built the roster with the mindset of being better offensively. And not only has that not happened, like they've had the expected dip or larger than expected dip on the other end. Like it's just, it just hasn't worked. Like it's crazy to me that we've gone from, you know, this being the team that was supposed to be Eric Musselman's best shooting team in theory on paper, whatever to literally, I've never heard of a head coach of a high major basketball program, make, giving his team a mandate that you better not shoot more than double digit threes in a game as a team. You better not. Like that, that's wild to me. Like last year, they were literally like one of the lowest teams in the country in terms of three point makes and attempts per game. And they're shooting and making less than that now after forming the roster around offense. Like I just, I don't get it. They shot six threes against Missouri. Missouri just sucks. So it was okay. Arkansas then, shot 13 threes against LSU. LSU made 12. Exactly. And, and we wonder why they get down by 20 some odd points and there's no chance in hell for them to come back. Well, you're not allowed to shoot threes. <laughs> so like, how are you going to get back in the game? And this team in SEC play is shooting worse from three than last year's team did by almost five. Yeah, think about and that. It, yeah. Think and about it, that. And it's not like they have the finishers that they've had in years past. It's like Ricky Council and, you know, finishing above the rim on this team. Like Anthony Black's not the six, eight point guard getting downhill on this team. Like they don't have guys who are, you know, going to the rim and cooking outside of, well, nobody actually, because Mark just pulls up and hits mid range jumpers. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah. I mean, even a note, somebody like that, who's right. just able to, to, create shots and get his dump that thing know? into Kai and Graham. And that's, that's what you got. I mean, so. that's honestly the best offense. If you want to call it that, uh, if you want to call it offense, mm. but that's, that's what the best thing that they have for it. So yeah, it, it's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, I hate to use that term. It's so stupid, but it's true. It's like <laughs> this team sucks and it's just, it is what it is. And we, you know, I, it just, again, shows you like, I think, I don't know, maybe, uh, Dennis Gates may need to be fired after losing this Arkansas team at home. Like, I mean, that, that yeah, somebody, I mean, something's got to change there. They might go, they the might case. go over in SEC play too. So. Yeah. How, how about that? A team that went from a four seed in the SEC tournament or SEC last year in the NCAA tournament. And this year there's a chance they'll go. zero and 18. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't think it's Oof. out of the realm of possibility that they do. No. And I don't think has any team gone. zero and 18. I know some have gone. zero and 16, maybe Vanderbilt once, but. I don't that know, would be so. the only thing that would make sense. Man, you would have to think Tamar Bates will win him one. Yeah, you would think. But I don't I yeah. don't even know if he's that much him, but he he's really good. Um, but yeah, he's he's surrounded by a bunch of guys that just don't know how to compliment him or play with him or play off of him. It's it's tough. Not even the seven foot five point guard that they have. I guess he's, Dennis he's Gates, not. newsflash, playing a five ten long haul trucker next to Tamar, Tamar Bates, not the way to win games in the league play. Nope. <laughs> no, no. And I uh think that you're starting to see that. Got the hairline of Dracula flow. <laughs> we made it almost an hour without Dracula being mentioned. Speaking I've made Dracula flow. podcasts without saying anything. Steve says he wants Billy Donovan if Muss leaves. Billy Donovan's a good Dracula he does, he, guy. Yeah. Very, not as, very not as pointed as it once was when he was right. younger, but yeah, he's he's a He's definitely somebody. Uh, Bill, Billy Chicago, Donovan would be nice. With the I Chicago want Phil Jackson. Where is he? Chicago Bulls? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. The people that say that they want Billy Donovan, I'm like, Billy Donovan, I want to come back to college, especially with NIL and transfer portal. Are you kidding me? 
That's why all these coaches are getting out. Like he's he's fine. I, he's going to be somebody that is. He's still at the Thunder, or where's he at now? He's at the Thunder Bulls. Who's that? Billy Donovan. Yeah, I think he's with the Bulls. I think Bulls. he's a Bull yeah. now. He was at the yeah. Thunder. Now at the Bulls. If he gets fired from the Bulls, which I'm sure he will, he's going to be either an assistant coach somewhere on an NBA team, or he's just like, I'm out. Yeah. Like he, he's not going to keep doing this anymore. Yeah, guys aren't leaving the NBA anymore to come back to college coaching. No, for all the reasons we talked about last week. No, you know, with unless the, you're uh, the way the game it, has changed. Was it Hoiberg? Yeah, Hoiberg at Nebraska now. He's starting to figure it out. Yeah, by the way. he's got yeah. that Nebraska team playing pretty tough. You, you love like just put him in a, on a team with a bunch of cornfields around it and yeah, Iowa State and Nebraska. Right. Man, yeah, That's what he gets? Yeah, nothing to do there but go to the gym and get shots up. Yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a, a Mike Leach team. Just get him on like the worst team in a conference that has nothing for it, and he'll make it into something. You know, just is how it goes. Uh, is Muss a top five coach in the SEC? Michael asks. Yeah. Because we would all said, hell yeah, at the beginning of the year. I mean, I, st- I still say, yeah. I mean, I-, I just don't know if you can just say, like, one. I don't know if, like, one horrendous year, which it is horrendous, but, like, I don't know if that just takes away from the other accomplishments. Where Are you more frustrated that this team has lost 11 games or more impressed that he's won 11 games with this team? Facts. Ultimate question. <laughs> right. The ultimate question. And you know what? It, you'd probably be su- surprised by some of the answers to that because now that we know it in hindsight. But, mm. no, I still think he's a top-five coach. I think so, too. I mean, it would be one thing if it was like he had one really good year and then added a couple of decent years and then this year. But it's like – Literally, the past three years have been some of the best stretch of Razorback basketball that's happened in a long time, and has been without question the best stretch in SEC. Right, and that, that's not even that's not even a question. He's not doing a top five coaching job this season. No, but yeah, I mean, grand scheme of things, I yeah, I think so. Yeah, hey, Coach K didn't make the tournament on occasion, that you happens. know. Uh, yes, a lot of people's indication of success is what you do in the tournament. That's I, I, right. Eight and three. And you know what? His record is going to go completely and totally untarnished this year in the, in the yeah. tournament at Arkansas. He ain't going to lose in a tournament this no, year. No, lo- no losses in the NCAA <laughs> tournament this year, boys. No losses at all, but uh, also uh, also no wins either. But uh, we'll continue to talk about some of the other things. I know we got to get to some big news that's uh, going to be happening here on Natty State Sports here in just a little bit. But, folks, i got to tell you about Alumni Hall. We know uh, we have some of the great gear that is from Alumni Hall. Went over there and got some of the Razorback baseball hats. Well, guess what, folks? They have Razorback baseball jerseys in stock. And I'm going to tell you this, folks. They got a new one. And it's the official thing. It's a pinstripe Razorback baseball jersey. That's right. Pinstripe. And they're not having it because, oh, they customized it and that's the way they wanted it. They have it because that's what the Razorback baseball team is going to wear this year. They just got them in today. So if you want to check them out, go over there to 3417 North College Avenue to see what they have in store for you. And you can also check them out online at nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. Go to that website. You can see all the things that they have in stock. And you can be able to purchase it from there and also have it delivered to your door. Because since you're all moving on from basketball, go ahead and get ready for the baseball season. Get ready for the cool vibes, the great weather, and everything they have there at Alumni Hall. So be sure to check them out today. Again, go to nattystate.com slash alumni hall we'll take a break and come back with more of the john neighbor show here live from natty state sports studio so stay with us we're not done yet either so don't be satisfied we're not done we're not done yet either so don't be satisfied we're not done we're not done yet
Fayetteville is 1,843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks can be heard all the way to San Francisco. Let's take my dick in the mashed potato. Go Hawks. Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbors Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Welcome back into the John Neighbor Show here live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in this afternoon and watching in this afternoon as we have a lot more to get to here in this final hour of the John Neighbor Show. But I am your host and had a little uh, changing of the rotation, if you will, as Curtis and Scotty are moving on. But that's okay because we got Andrew Ellis joining us in studio. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Almost just as good as Curtis and Scotty, but uh, yeah, I just got back from the baseball scrimmage. We uh, we had a good time. The hectic. It, it finished ten to seven, Ooh. and they only played four innings. Ooh. There were only five pitchers that threw, um, but you know, freshman pitchers. It was uh, it got a, it got a little hectic. It was eight to three after the first inning, but after that, it really wasn't that crazy. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Our guy Vahiva Aloy homered again, as again. is tradition. Yeah. Well, see, now he's going to have to start doing it once he actually gets into play because i mean i'm not saying you've been hyping him up because he is great he's doing it he's the one hitting the homers uh, yeah he, I he's thought, just the one that has to keep it going during the season i definitely had that thought where i was like he's almost doing too well like, he almost needs to chill out for the next couple weeks they need to just keep him on a beanbag or a bag full of ice just keep him in uh in in the uh the ice chamber until the season starts in a couple weeks but uh yeah man it was a lot a lot of fun our boy peyton holt hit a, hit a three-run home run in the first inning spark plug grinder uh, Peyton Stovall had a couple hits, didn't run today because he got hit in the foot right before his first at-bat. And then he gets a base hit afterwards, but then as he was rounding first, he was kind of limping a little bit. So then his next at-bat, he gets a base hit, and they just he didn't even run out of the box. They just were like, they don't want him to mess it up at all. They're just like, we want you to just hit and then stop right there. They didn't even want him to jog to first base. They didn't even have like a, a guy to run with him. They, or run so for what they him. did was just put someone. I, you know, it's funny is they. So he hit a ball in the gap, which like you know, if Peyton Stovall's healthy, we, you know, it would it would have probably he maybe could have got a double. They just gave him second though. They gave they sent his pinch runner to second base. I was like, are we just assuming doubles here? But uh, it is what it is. But yeah, they're they're trying to be very safe with him. And uh, I guess I should also mention since we're talking injuries, Ben Bybee did not throw today. A precaution. He had a hamstring injury that they're wanting him to rest and be fine with. So. We're, no, there's still no big like thing we're waiting on where it's like, oh, Jackson Wiggins is going to tear his UCL or whatever. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I think things went well today. These injuries are minor. Peyton Stovall's fine. Ben Bobby's fine. But uh, it was interesting. It was yeah. a fun day there. Yeah. Well, also that had that in the uh, Swatters Club. Oh yeah, I believe that uh, had of course uh, Dave Van Horn speaking to the the fine folks over there. Uh, anything of note coming from old Dave in that? I, the the most the most notable thing that happened was him deciding to let us know that uh Vahiva Aloy had his gall what is it gallbladder is that what I said earlier? I think that's I can't what you remember. said yeah it's gallbladder. gallbladder removed while he was on his visit to Arkansas in which that might have gotten him some help there like that might have been the reason he didn't end up going to LSU or Tennessee or any schools for visits afterwards because he was so sick after after having this emergency surgery apparently but uh yeah, he came on his visit and wasn't eating. Like they were kind of worried. They knew something was going on with the stomach, but it just kind of was like, oh, we thought he was sick. Turned out he needed his gallbladder removed. That was kind of interesting. But no, it was really just a brief, like, you know, going through the team. But I tell you, Dave was in a great mood. He loves speaking to the guys at the Swatters Club and just kind of went through everybody. Uh, made fun of Rock Reggio 
which that I thought was, was hilarious. Wow. He was talking about trusting freshmen. He's like, you know, I remember when we put in this freshman Hagen Smith in the to close out that Stillwater regional. He somehow got the Super Rock Regio and kind of made fun of. Him. He said, he said, you know, we don't we don't react to everything, but we see everything. Kind of let you know, whenever Rock Regio was doing all those dances, they, they didn't react in the moment, but they take that kind of stuff personally. And I, I love that. I loved him kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit. But Dave was he was in a great mood. Uh, he joked that he. He called Dominic Fletcher after he got traded to the White Sox and was like, hey, man, you know, congrats on getting traded. Hope you have fun in Chicago. And, man, I tell you, John, Don, I, Dom, I've really been thinking about it. I think you're going to be a big leaguer. You're going to stick in the big leagues, man. And Fletcher's like, oh, yeah, coach, appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. And he's like, oh, no, I looked it up, man. The White Sox are the worst team in the league, so I think you've got a chance there. They're probably going to let you stay for a while, man. But uh, him and Benintendi are now teammates, which is pretty that's cool. Right, so he yeah. was, like, joking with them, like, hey, but as long as you start and Benny also starts, like, we got to get both of y'all in the outfield together. So make sure it works out. But I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, he also said that Dominic Fletcher has a career in TV, which I never would have thought about because he's been such a good player. I don't really think yeah. about it. But he is – now that it, when he said it, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Fletcher, if he wants to, will have a career in TV. I don't think it's. I don't know if he wants to come back to Arkansas. We'd maybe we'll hire him. Let's say United States Sports. Sports. Uh, you know, he's got now. an option. So uh, okay, man, we'll talk. We'll talk after the show. We'll, we'll talk yeah, after old the Dom, show. Old Dom, old Dom Fletch. We'll yeah. see how his career with the White Sox. If he if he struggles this year, maybe we'll we'll float it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll shoot him a DM. Be like, hey, he gets designated for assignment a few times. We're like, hey, man, tough break, but yeah. dot dot dot. <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna get bent, get in the TV game, yeah, we'll help you out with it, but. No, I mean, I think that that's a good thing. We're seeing Dave in, in a good mood. And, you know, of course, he loved the team last year. He kept talking about that team last year. It was like yeah. during the season how much he just loved them because they just went out and did their thing and all that. And there's a lot of returning pieces from that oh, yeah. team and to be adding into the mix of some of the stars that they're hoping, or at least guys that they hope turn into stars on this team. I just feel like, man, it's it, it continues to get you excited. You know, you mentioned Aloy getting home runs every time. And, you know, hearing guys get hits and hearing Hagen Smith touching 9,900 miles an hour and Dave's smiling, yeah. making jokes. It's like, oh, jeez, this is almost too much. It is, too it much. is. It is almost too much. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, he talked about last year's team a little bit at the start of the Swatters Club just to kind of give them their their flowers. And the, the he doesn't want to – he's never going to come right out and say this, but last year's team overachieved dramatically, especially 100%. during the regular season. I mean, we know we just mentioned Jackson Wiggins, but, I mean, Wagner missed time. Josenberger missed time. Dylan Carter missed time. Uh, Brady Tiger missed time. I mean, there was it was just like a revolving door. Hunter Holland was banged up down the stretch. Like Peyton Holt, Peyton Stovall, like all literally just about everybody that that was helping this team in a meaningful way missed time at some point. And uh, the fact that they were able to overcome all of it, win the SEC, like it just tells you. I mean, you, you know, there's a reason why Dave says he likes that team so much, and it just kind of really was kind of the peak DVH team that just kind of found a way. Next man up, step up. Everybody kind of pitches in. But I think we all know, and we knew in the moment that like what they were doing was a little unsustainable. This was that was yeah. not like a championship or bust type of team by any means. It was just, and it wasn't a bad team. It was a, it was a good team. I mean, they obviously accomplished a lot of stuff, but it just wasn't on par with the talent that Arkansas had in some of their peak years. And uh, still a talented team, but I think this year the pieces are adding up. I want to tell you, John. I asked him about Stovall because Stovall. I saw D D one Baseball released a list that was like the top fifty second baseman, and they had Stovall at forty eight. Which, like, look, I haven't been scouting the country. I have a hard time believing there are 47 sh second basemen better than Peyton Stovall. Yeah, I have a hard time believing there are 20 better yeah, than that's Stovall. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it just kind of, I guess if you're going, going off of last year's stats, like, it is what it is. And obviously, his, his stats last year are not indicative of what he, we think he can do. Ethan Bates was above him, which is interesting. Because uh, Ethan Bates literally left Arkansas because he could not play over Peyton Stovall. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. And, and I told Dave about that. And Dave was like, look, I love Ethan Bates. 
love him, great player. D1 baseball does not know what Peyton Stovall is about to do. And he he literally, he like kind of got really serious for a second and was like, trust me, they do not know. There's that swing's a little different. We we started to figure out like, you know, you talked about a little bit how much he was dealing with that injury. And yeah. you know, a lot of people knew that, but I think people don't realize how much of an impact it had and just how much different everything is going to be for him. And I mean, we're talking about a guy who literally couldn't even run today, but still had two two base hits like it. Mm-hmm. He he just this guy hits. And I think that his stats to this point in his career are just not indicative of what we're about to see. And I, I think it was really good to hear Dave say stuff like that. And I kind of like that Stovall's able to, I don't want to say fly under the radar. He's still a projected top guy and potential All-SEC, but he's not having that preseason All-American, first-team yeah. All-SEC, he's the guy. Like he, you know, And he is a team captain, and I think his teammates respect him. But I think it's good that he's able to just kind of be a little bit of a, a secret for now. Like, I yeah. mean, they think he's the 48th best second baseman. Yeah. We, uh, we will see. Yeah. I, I remember talking to, uh, to Stovall about it, and this was when he had his surgery. And I remember him telling me, he's like, man, this is going to be, I haven't thrown or hit without pain in like three years because of this. And they kept putting off the surgery and everything. So I'm like, well, geez, man, you hear a grand slam the other night, like when you're doing yeah. that. So, I mean, just hearing that type of statements, like, got to give you a good feeling of like, man, if that's true and he's not having the pain and you know he's he's going up there and feeling a lot more comfortable and like you said being more of the secret to where there's not this large expectation on top of him where it's like hey man you you got to be the guy that you know leads us and, and makes a change then to me it seems like uh you know that's that's the it's just another little feather in the cap of why this Razorback baseball team is going to be good but I'm excited I, I yeah, just man. I think everybody's just wanted to be here as quickly as possible and move on from all this other nonsense that we've had to deal with so but uh, either way, we got some other things, though. I know uh, we'll get into some baseball, but uh, I, I did want to bring this up because we talked a lot about Razorback basketball. And uh, I, I will admit, I have not had a chance to listen to the six pack just yet. So you guys may have already talked Everyone about Everyone else this. in these comments, y'all have got no excuse. Yeah. yeah go I'm listen to the six pack right now. Yeah. <laughs> just stop the show right now and go Even and if you play it, it on mute, just play it. Yeah. Just that's all we care about. We don't care if you actually <laughs> listen. You just as long as we're on your screen. So, um, What's uh, happening here with Bradshaw? And uh, it got a Kentucky player kissing a Tennessee player. Oh, on the lips. yeah, that's a that's a pucker up. That's and a, a kiss. that is a lip kiss right there. He he was getting a different vibe. Somehow, I don't know. You know what? That's I, I understand it, John. We've all been there before, where the girl that you're you're dating is yelling at you, and for some reason, it just. You know, something about being yelled at by someone you're into, just maybe that that's what it is. He had him, he misread it and was just like, you know what? This is a romantic moment here. Yeah. I'm into this. Because usually, he went for his moment. Well, I think that, you know, he's maybe a guy that, with, if you're that close in vicinity to someone's face or to this guy's face, maybe that's just his instinct. He's like, I got to kiss you. Because, you maybe know, maybe his breath smelled good while he was yelling at him yeah, there while they were maybe arguing. Maybe so. But that is a that's a one hundred percent a kiss like that. I mean, he kissed him. He literally leans into him, and you can see his like mouth kind of like pecked him. swell up. That's that was a kiss, man. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, yeah. uh, that's a thing, you know. I, th- I thought the rumors were swirling around Arkansas. You know, SEC <laughs> uh, basketball this year, man. It's uh, it is a it it's is interesting. A, it is a sitcom or like a reality show. It looks like <laughs> at this point, but I don't know. I saw this video. I was like, because I saw the somebody tweet. I was like, hey, this Kentucky player kissing another Tennessee player. I was like, what? And I watched it. I was like, "Oh, yep, that is that. That's indeed a kiss." That is. Did a, we get a reaction from like? Did, did anyone? Did either of the guys speak on this? Not that I saw. Not. I mean, I don't know if anything that, uh, at least in my rigorous research I did of it, that I saw anything of it. But I just feel like, man, there's certain things that elicit like, if someone spits on me, 
Like, I feel like it's fair game to, to just beat the crap out of you. Like, or at least try to. You think kissing it falls under that category, too? I don't too? know. But see, that's the thing. Is I don't know if it does. It's almost like you would be so shocked by it, which I'm sure I think Tennessee that's what player, happened here. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're just so surprised by it. You're like, what? I can't stop can't watching react. it, man. He just keeps... I know. Just boop. Right there. Just like just he was... slips it in. Yeah. And it's just like... I don't know, man. That was a uh, Tennessee ended up getting the win. If you Kentucky. can't beat them, join them. And Kentucky couldn't defend home court against Tennessee, so why man. not kiss them? All right. If you well. can't cover the spread at home, whenever Andrew Ellis bets on you, <laughs> you might as well kiss them. Just kiss them on the lips, and, uh, and maybe maybe you can win in that regard. I can't believe I missed that. How yeah. did I miss that? Now, like, I don't we, know. Didn't, we didn't talk about this on the six pack. I yeah. Just okay. Well, good. I good. I was like, now we get some fresh content here. <laughs> Uh, here on the John Neighbors Glad show. that Natty State Sports got the, the kiss covered. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, again, I my buddy Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports, he was all about this. He's like, yeah, he's like, that would have been okay if to get Kentucky just didn't suck. And I'm like, no, no, you don't know what sucking is, my man, over there, if you're thinking yeah, Kentucky no. sucks. Kentucky didn't suck. Yeah, they're, what, are they going to be a five seed in the tournament? Yeah, man, that's, that's trash. Maybe. It's trash. But that was not the only wild moment, of course, in SEC play. You also had this happening where Johnny Broom from Auburn. Now, this we did talk about, but yeah. this is good stuff. So, for those of you who may have been watching this video for the very first time, Auburn's playing at Ole Miss, and Johnny Broom is gets grabbed by the man in the white hat a little bit, and the guy and Broom slaps his hand away. Cause just like you yeah. would of any fan that might be doing that. Well, that's not just any fan. That is actually Morgan Freeman. Yes, the Morgan Freeman of Shawshank Redemption fame, as well as all other One great movies. One of the best voices ever. Oh man, the voice of God, pretty much. But yeah. I mean, uh, he, I mean, in the movie, he did literally play the voice of God in the movie, true. didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Bruce Almighty and <laughs> yeah. Evan Almighty, even yeah. the sequel there. Uh, but I saw this video, and it made me laugh for a couple of reasons. One, it was a funny moment. Two, Johnny Broom ain't going back and apologizing or anything, but the fact that it was Morgan Freeman is the only reason wow. why that uh, he was cool with it and, and whatever, because I would have been too. But it is also kind of funny because I wanted to be like, Morgan, why are you gra like, I guess you just wanted yeah. his attention, I guess. So, okay, like I, this is what I couldn't stop thinking. About. So Morgan Freeman's an Ole Miss fan, right? So he's there for front row at the Ole Miss game. Am I correct in that? Yes. He's in because he's been at Ole Miss games before. Yeah, he's an Ole Miss the fan. The fact that he knows who Johnny Broom is, and look, Johnny Broom's a good player for Auburn. Like he's, you know, anyone who watches college basketball, you know, is a big fan, especially the SEC, knows who he is. But that tells me that Morgan Freeman is not just a T-shirt Ole Miss fan. No. He's watching these games. He's watching the Tuesday night SEC network game. He knows, I mean, because Johnny Broom is not like a first-round pick, like elite big-name player. He's a guy that, like, you only know if you're an SEC basketball fan. Yeah. And I love that. Because, I mean, like, look, like our guy Bobby Bones, he, he knows the players. But I'm talking about, like, you think John Daly knows who Johnny Broom no. is? No, he Zero doesn't. Chance. He wears the Arkansas stuff, but there's no Zero way he's chance. watching enough games to know who's in the SEC or anything. I love that Morgan Freeman is like, this is that guy for Auburn who's having a good year. I got to shake this man's hand. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and then I love the Johnny Broom. I mean, we've all been there before where, like, we react to something and we don't realize who it is. Where we're like, dude, you know, it is. Uh, Curtis was talking about how he big league Lou Brock one time. Lou Brock? Uh, Lou Brock. The MLB Hall of Famer, Lou Brock. Really? If you want to find out the story. Tune into the six, six pack. pack. We did yeah. tell it on the story, but okay, it is, cool. we've all been there. We're like someone that is trying to get our attention and we're not interested in them. We're like, oh, wait a minute. It's my buddy or it's somebody. Never happened to me with Morgan Freeman. So that's pretty cool. I feel like I probably know that it was Morgan Freeman. Like, you know, he's got a very distinct look and voice and. But everything. I don't know. But also, if I'm also to, how did he not know that Morgan saying. Freeman was at the game? That's what yeah, I'm that's saying. This is towards the end of the game, too. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you're telling me that there wasn't once that you kind of looked over there, but. That guy looks like Morgan Freeman over I there. guess he just really was like, there's no way Morgan Freeman would be trying to touch me. 
Especially because he kind of grabbed his grabbed his ass a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, a little. So bit, I bet yeah. he was probably like, "There's area. zero chance that this is who it is." Yeah, but still a funny moment nonetheless. Yeah. It's uh, at least they had a good a good chuckle about it. And I bet Morgan was cool about it too. Oh yeah, yeah. Morgan it's weird because cool. I don't think Morgan Freeman goes to Ole Miss football games. Or baseball, like he's just an Ole Miss basketball fan, which, which is, is like the one sport that until this year they really didn't care about. But yeah, I've seen yeah. him at Ole Miss games before, like back in the day. Yeah, I mean, he's a big fan of it though. So, anyways, I was just uh, thought again, I thought it'd be cool, and that's the thing. He's like, raise your bet. Arkansas has some like fans that are, you know, we mentioned a Bobby Bones or even like a, you know, if we go next level, like Bill Clinton. Yeah, you know, uh, but he's only basketball really. Uh, Jerry Jones is more just football, right? John Daly's John Daly. It's like you got a few, but like Morgan Freeman's a that's, pretty. That's a pretty powerful one. Like I know Arkansas yeah, got that's a president, a one but too. Like you know Texas and McConaughey. It's like huge big brands. It's like it's not surprising that they're in a Texas, such a big state, right? And yeah, it's such a like everyone's a Texas football fan in the state of Texas a little bit. But yeah, it is kind of cool for a, a program as small as Ole Miss to have a celebrity of that magnitude. Mm, it's like, pretty weird. Literally, like the. I guess if you wanted to call him, I don't even know if he was, he was, the, he was not the lead, but you heard his voice. But anyway, Shawshank Redemption is considered like one of the greatest movies of all time. And that dude oh, was, I would say easily. Uh, it wasn't the lead, if it wasn't the lead role, it might as well have been like his co-lead role in that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's pretty impressive. Maybe Arkansas. One of the best somebody. narration jobs like anyone's ever done. Oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, if you just didn't listen to the movie, you know, you didn't even have to watch the movie Shawshank <laughs> and you just know from the yeah. voice of Morgan Freeman to be great. Uh, so. 21 Savage, who is going to be hosting SNL with Shane Gillis soon, he has an album that just released like last year where he brought in Morgan Freeman to like read these things at the beginning of in, and end of some of his songs. And it's it's awesome. Behind a rap yeah, beat. I love that. Morgan Freeman like reading something like whoever holds the knife is the one, you know, like some crap that 21 Savage wrote. Yeah. Uh, hearing it behind like a Metro Boomin beat is so perfect. Is, is Morgan Freeman or James Earl Jones got a better voice? Uh, it's got to be James Earl Jones. Got to mm -hmm. be James Earl Jones. That's. Now, Morgan Freeman's is better, like, it's a more, like, soothing. Like, I would want to listen to that if I were, like... James Earl Jones' is power. James, yeah, Ger James Earl Jones is just more iconic. Yeah. You know, like, he's got the the Mufasa. Yeah, and then and Darth he's got Vader. the Darth Vader. Like, he's got in uh, the Sandlot. Sandlot, like, yeah. Uh, and the... What's the other baseball movie that he has a great... Oh, uh, Field uh, of Dreams. Field of Dreams, yeah. Yeah, like, he just... There's, like, so many lines where it's, like, I hear it, and I'm, like, oh, that's so good. And, mm -hmm. and it's going to be weird, by the way, John, because... They, they've already started to do it a little bit. Star Wars is going to get to a point where they can't use James Earl Jones. I know. And They're it's going to have be an weird. impersonator. I'm Luckily, afraid. it's a robotic voice, so I think they should be able to figure it out. But yeah. it's just going to be a little, like, we'll always know, dude. Only the weirdos like us will care, but mm -hmm. we'll know. We'll be like, this isn't, yeah. well, this isn't even, the real even, DV. Even in the movie uh, Rogue One, you could kind of hear it's like, uh, it's just not. And I, I love you, James. Well, James I, we love you. Like, he's, he's, he's getting he's up like there, man. Like, I don't want to, we don't, we need to stop the conversation right there, but. Yeah. We'll just say James Earl Jones, best best voice ever. And yes. Morgan Freeman, close second, I would say. Yes, I, I think that's a fair assessment. That is a fair assessment. So uh, we're going to get into a lot more here on the John Neighbor Show here in just a second, folks. But I got to tell you first, though, about superior construction and development right here in the great state of Arkansas. Now, we know that here in the state of Arkansas, there's a lot of renovations or maybe some reconstruction that you're going to be doing in your household. For those of you watching and listening here in the state of Arkansas, well, Superior Contracting and Development is going to be the one that helps you out because not only are they based in Valonia, but they're statewide. They can go anywhere in the state to help you out with this. And they're licensed residential and commercial contractors specializing in all aspects of home rebuilding and remodeling. 
They handle everything from fencing to drainage, additions and remodeling of your existing structure all the way to land development and ground-up construction. So you can call them today for your interior and exterior construction and remodeling needs at 501-453-3053. That's 501-453-3053. You can also check them out online at superiorark.com. You can also email them and get an immediate response at contracting at superiorark.com as well. So again, for all of your interior and exterior construction remodeling needs, call the fine folks over at Superior Contracting Development at 501-453-3053. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll have more of the John Neighbor Show here live from Natty State Sports, so stay with us. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we're not done. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we're not done. We're not done yet. The John Neighbors Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Andrew Ellis has, uh, we got a few more things that we're going to get into here in today's show as well. And uh, I know we have some fun stuff to talk about as well, because there was a, I mean, we already had some fun stuff, Always but fun stuff. Uh, there's going to be some other things I'm sure we're going to die, uh, dive into and, and have some fun with as well. By the way, um, do you watch the Grammys? Uh, I didn't watch it. I think I did what a lot of people did, which is I like, Saw a lot of stuff on social media, and so I got the gist of what I needed to see. But I saw all the cool moments, I think. Yeah. I didn't. But I also didn't watch the Pro Bowl either. I definitely didn't. I, I watched more. I consumed way more Grammys content than I did Pro Bowl content. And I am a pretty hardcore NFL fan. See, that's the thing. is like I honestly forgot about the Pro Bowl. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in so long. And I feel like as a kid, I used to watch the Pro oh, Bowl. Yeah. And I don't know. Is it Maybe it's just because... We don't even bet nice on the Pro Bowl. We didn't yeah. even we didn't even talk about the Pro Bowl on the gambling pod, and like none of us even it wasn't even a, on our radar. Like it's is that it's, is that more of an us problem or is it a no? NFL it's the, it's problem? the NFL. I think like in the last five years especially, because once once NFL started doing the player safety stuff, which by the way, unequivocally good for football. Yeah, like, like yes. I'm not trying to yeah. like be like, oh, they're so soft. 
Yeah. Once they started really playing the sa- player safety game, they realized, hey, maybe we shouldn't get these guys to uh, like play a full-on tackle game. So they really got to the point where the product was so you know nobody was really tackling. They would kind of thud and call them down. And then now I think it's just tag. It's legit flag football at this point. Now they just do a bunch of events like play dodgeball and stuff. But I remember when they used to do like the the long throw competition yeah. and the precision passing, which I'm sure they did. But it's like. It used to be much more of a thing. Yeah. And, like, look, there's a lot of all-star games I don't watch. Like, I'll be honest with you. I always watch the home run derby, but I don't watch the MLB Same all-star here. game every Same year. Here. NBA all-star game I've probably watched more than any, but really it's like I'll pay atten- more attention to the three-point and the dunk contest and whatever's going on, like, the week of. You know, Pro Bowl, I didn't consume any of that. I didn't no. watch I didn't watch a second of it. And, okay. I, and it's not because, like, I don't – I mean, I like the NFL. I just, like – wasn't promoted well i I just it wasn't yeah i keep wondering is it maybe just the timing of it being the week before the super bowl that maybe yeah do it a month after the season no one's gonna hold it against you especially because a lot of those guys are looking for a postseason vacation anyway and it works out for people that aren't in the playoffs it perfect is a perfect postseason vacation do it so you can have the because everybody doesn't both super bowl teams obviously their players which that's like 12 players right there that aren't going to play if you're in the conference title game and you just got done playing, you're probably not playing either if you have any type of injury. So it's like you end up having Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston yes. as the Pro Bowl. And it's like, all right, this is just this is a lesser product. This Mitch is, yeah. Trubisky made the Pro Bowl one year. Yeah, oh man, that's yeah, it kind of sums it up, I think. I think Mark Sanchez, no, Mark Sanchez didn't make it. He uh, he was like a I don't want to call it a runner up, but yeah, probably an alternate or something yeah, like probably, that. Yeah, <laughs> probably an alternate, just in case somebody said no, I didn't want to deal with that. But no, it's just one of those things to where uh I look back and when I was kind of looking at stuff this morning, I was like, oh, the Grammys were last night. Oh, the Pro Bowl was happening. I was like, I didn't watch either of yeah. them. Um, but I can tell you this, it's like for the Grammys at least, I'm for sure not watching it because it's just like, I just assume it's Taylor Swift and nobody else. And then apparently Taylor Swift's like came coming out with a new album that she put out because mm-hmm. on my all my Instagram stories I was viewing was just that picture. So it's like, why? Why don't I even try? Why don't I even care? It's just, so it's did all you? That. So you have not seen the Luke Combs Tracy Chapman performance? I have not. Now that is something I have on my list to go back and watch because I actually heard it was really good. It was so. really good. Uh, honestly, I thought Miley's performance was good too. Uh, I want to say Dua Lipa performed. Yeah, I didn't I, see I, Dua Lipa's. I didn't watch the performance. I saw still footage, still pictures of the performance. She's very talented. Yeah. Well, um, I saw that it was yeah, Miley got a lot of some because I guess she won something too. She I won Best Country Album, I believe, which people were upset about. Jeez. I, I didn't know she came out of the country album. I don't think it was a country album. I think uh, I don't know how it ended up under that category, but, yeah, but she performed uh, Flowers, which was not a country song at all. No, no. Well, I guess it wasn't as – did she perform the uh, – the famous one with Robin oh, Thicke. That was, was that the, the VMAs, VMAs, I believe. The I believe VMAs. that was the VMAs. Get them all mixed up. So, yeah. but, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, we'll say if you're, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you where I wasn't super tapped into the Grammy stuff. Yeah. But if you watch anything, just watch the Tracy Chapman, Luke Combs. Uh, some people were upset about it because they felt I don't know why people are upset about everything. Uh, and I think really it just gave people a chance to be like, oh, he stole the song. But it's like, dude, Tracy, Tracy Chapman's rocking with Luke Combs. She's rocking with the song. She also made a lot of money from it. So I yeah, think uh, like, both of those parties, it was just one of those moments that I thought was really cool. See, that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel like every Grammys has at least one moment like that. And then people complain about it. Shut up. Right. Just shut up. Who cares? Uh, Who cares? Well, the Luke, song Luke Holmes, like, apparently it was his first ever favorite song. And so he like legit, when he mm. covered it, he tried to like be as respectful as possible. Like didn't even change the lyrics to where it's like, uh, as a checkout girl or whatever. Like he keeps mm. it in there. Like he wanted to be as respectful as possible. Obviously she signed off on it. 
Like I just I thought I, it was cool. The whole thing of stolen me or like whatever. I'm like, like it just it drives me up a wall. You know what? Because it's like uh, I'll always love you. You know, people think about Whitney Houston, but it's not even Whitney Houston's song. It was Dolly Parton's. You know right. who doesn't care? Dolly Parton. Like yeah. it's just. If they're not cares? upset about it, you shouldn't be yeah, at all. Yeah, that's my thing. If yeah. they got their permission... Apparently, Dolly wrote, like, all of Elvis's songs, I heard. It wouldn't apparently, surprise me. Dolly, yeah, Dolly wrote a bunch of crap that, like, she's not tripping about. No, nope. <laughs> she apparently... Yeah, because that's the thing. is like, if it's a problem, you know, like when Coolio had the problem with Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Rest in peace, Coolio. But yeah. uh, they meshed that beef. But either way, it's like, if, if, if they don't care, you shouldn't care. Who cares? You can like that version or you don't have to like that version. It's okay. Like, music's music. You know how many people have... Like sampled so many other songs oh from goodness, yeah. Beethoven. I mean, come on. There, every now and then I'll hear a song that's old and I real I recognize it from a sample and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, I I feel like a young millennial. No, uh, dude, I had the same thing happen. This is like stupid because the song's not even that great, but it was like that Madonna song uh that she sampled from ABBA's um one of ABBA's songs, like way back when. I was like, I didn't know it was an ABBA song. I just thought it was Madonna's song forever. Yeah, there's I think I know everything. what you're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't I've know any of the names. Plenty of <laughs> just, those. I just remember it was like one of those. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I didn't watch either of them, though. That's the point. And I don't know if uh, anybody else watched it. Oh, yeah, uh, Razorback Rock says Billy Joel apparently played. He performed last night? Yeah, but apparently, but I did see this because I think it was Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio on Twitter said, like, he was pissed off that they only gave him, like, a, like one song performance. Like, dude, it's Billy Joel. You well, there was, like, him. nine songs, like, yeah. performances. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got to you gotta. Billy know, Joel, I did not know he was still cooking like that. I, I should have watched the Grammys, man. It's be a movie guy I'd love to see in concert, if it ever happens, would be Billy Joel. Yeah, I think he'd be really, really good. Billy Joel changed happen. the karaoke game. He did. He might be a top three karaoke artist, like, in terms of just how many of his songs have been sung at karaoke him or garth brooks i feel like garth is yeah, yeah. especially in this area like in in, oh, yeah. in the south and like friends in low places and piano man man you're getting those songs yeah. it's getting oh, song yeah. every night at the, the karaoke bar like every single night so yeah thank you fish man i'm not gonna put that tweet up but i or that correct opinion fish man <laughs> yes, that, is, <laughs> that is the correct opinion um real quick though uh i did wanted to wanted to touch base on this did you see this video man and it's another great one um but you know, here in the state of Arkansas, and this is according. This is Bunky Perkins on Twitter, which those of you great, don't follow, him, great Twitter. It's pretty funny. Uh, but you know, they built a Top Golf down in Little Rock just here recently. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had an they had an event that happened where uh, well, actually I just played the video. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the lady got stuck. <laughs> In the net, and they're having to help her out of it. I'm so glad I didn't watch this before coming on the show. She's literally stuck in the net, and I don't know how she's got to stop trying to move. She keeps no. trying to move. Yeah, and you got you got the guy. You can tell it's a worker there from uh, Top Golf trying to go, ma'am, ma'am. Okay, just just you hold either got to commit and go all the way through and just rip through or stop moving. Yeah, but it's like I there's just I have so many questions. Like, how does this happen? How are people falling into nets at yeah, Top Golf one. like this? I understand maybe taking a little tumble, but like, were you, yeah, I, those are only, sturdy. Yeah, Brandon yes, says shout yeah. out to whoever installed the nets. Those are sturdy, man. Yeah, those those are made by Spider Man or something, man. You know, <laughs> those like are, those are nets right there. But it's like <laughs> the only excuse, the only reason I'll, I'll even accept somewhat is that she had to be hammer drunk. That's well, the only I mean, excuse. Yeah. If yeah. she was sober, then we got problems. Bigger problems we know what to do with, but this I, who, I saw this. Who video. among us hasn't gotten drunk at Top Golf and taken a tumble? 
Yeah, who, well, yeah, and, and gotten into the net. I don't think I've ever been at the top row of Top Golf. Like I've always been on the floor, like on the bottom level. I've only gone a couple times. Have you been to the one here, Rogers? Yes. Yeah. See, I've, I've, I think I've been to that one once. We were talking about that. Like Scott uh, Curtis has never been to the one here. So yeah, I've been to the one what, in I, Vegas and in St. Louis. When he when he told me that, I was like, it doesn't make sense because like me and Curtis do we go and drink beer and and eat food and just do normal stuff, watch sports or whatever. It's crazy that Top Golf has never made it we've gone to everywhere possible in this area that does both of those things mm-hmm. we've never gone to top golf i don't know gonna have to change that i guess i have to change that yeah. well hopefully something like this can happen because i would very much enjoy that type of entertainment yeah that's good i hope stuff. she's okay yeah I, I feel like she probably got yeah. out of there <laughs> she, she probably made it work but i i love that video so much and i'm that type of person who i wonder like I realistically laugh, do you I do. think it took like 10 minutes for her to get situated or maybe more you think it was like up to closer like 30 minutes maybe an hour or was it like two minutes you think i think it was I, i'd say i'd put it at like probably 10 15 because she was yeah. in it now like she wasn't I mean, just, just think like about the people that are it. golfing beneath do you think they just waited the whole time they're like we're gonna, no. we're gonna wait it out no we, the, time, the, the, the timer's cooking right now man we're yeah, we paying for our hour already like no we're going up there we're we're knocking these balls through and stuff but man just uh man that story just cracked me up i'm like that is yeah that is, that, that is great. It makes me think of Spider-Man 2 when he's doing the train thing. When he's yes, like doing just, the thing, yeah, trying to get the webs. He's like, hold them. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think that's what Spider-Man was in there, and he, he made that happen. So, uh, but great thing. So, but, folks, uh, I did want to uh, mention this because I was uh, teasing this a little bit, but I was given permission to where we can uh, finally uh, mention this and address this because we got a lot of great stuff happening and content-wise here on Natty State Sports. But uh, we have a fun announcement happening where – I'm going to go ahead and put it up in here that Razorback offensive lineman Josh Braun, as well as various other offensive linemen uh, for the university here, they are going to be officially launching the Boss Hogs podcast here on Natty State Sports. Now, this podcast is going to be dealing with various things, but mainly getting to know the I got to make sure I say it the right way. Getting to know the offensive linemen who reside at the school here in Fayetteville, you know, because they got NIL regulations that uh, we have to, you know, make sure that we're not upsetting anybody or saying anything wrong or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, we're really excited to announce this and it's going to hopefully get recorded this week and be posted this week. We have a great podcast network. Of course, the bombastic podcast stuff with Andrew Ellis is leading the way in that regard. Yes. What's that? I said Bombastic Podcast is leading the way in that in that area. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It, so it, this, it, will, this will be a nice second best podcast for us. Yeah, to you know, in. a nice little follow up, nice <laughs> runner up to uh, to it there. But uh, you know, we got that. Of course, Pod at the Palace. We got the Gambling Show. They got Six Pack. So we're really building the podcast network here at Natty State Sports. But uh, this is something to where it's I don't want to call it revolutionary, but it is certainly a unique perspective where. You're actually going to have student athletes doing a podcast with other student athletes, in this case on the football team, that they're just going to get to know each other. You're going to hear about it firsthand. And it's going to be, as far as publishing goes, it's going to be during the spring football season, uh, weekly, uh, maybe even into the summer months. And it's going to keep going during the fall months as well. And what's another great, really cool thing about this is that Josh Braun and Patrick Kudis and the various other offensive linemen that are going to be involved in this, they're actually going to be putting it up to where it's a reoccurring thing every year. Even though these guys move on, the uh, offensive linemen that reside at the school in Fayetteville will be able to continue on 
with this podcast each and every year under the Natty State Sports Umbrella. So it's a pretty cool little thing that we're 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 excited to be a part of, and also excited to have Josh Braun on board with. So we uh, wanted to let everybody know. I was talking to Braun the other day, and I was whenever Kudis was talking to you, I was like, you scouting out maybe the talent for who's mm-hmm. gonna who's who to pass the mantle to to kind of lead the charge for this thing. But no, I think this is gonna be awesome. And one thing that stuck out the other day being around those guys is like they all are truly like best friends yeah and they're all very similar dudes like it's just like a big group of dudes man like they just they're they're in there just hanging out with them they're simple they're they like to eat they're big guys they're hogs like it's you're you'll listen to one episode of this and you're gonna feel like you're like in the friend group with them you know like you're just gonna be you'll get so used to it and i think it's gonna be very unique for for hog fans like i'm i'm so excited about this yeah Braun also is just an interesting, he's a fascinating cat. Yeah. You talk to that guy for like five minutes and like you'll learn some stuff and you could tell he's sharp and thinking about stuff. And uh, he, he's a very interesting guy. And he's, I think he's like the perfect guy to do this with. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and I also think it's funny too. And it's not like any sort of like knocker and getting too personal with him because he's always talked about it. But not many major student athletes playing at, you know, an SEC school were married at the age of 20. Yeah. Like, but he, he's he's been married and uh, you know he has a wife, which is she's awesome, and uh, you know he's he's kind of just a guy that is, never meets a stranger and uh, yeah. has a, has a good time and just plays football and is very honest about everything too. So we look forward to working with Josh, and uh, it's also going to lead into some other uh, student athlete future podcasts, maybe for baseball. I mean, we we could have a field day with uh, some student athletes there in baseball, but uh, football there too, and. Some other things, but we're really excited about it. Looking forward to having Josh Braun on the Boss Hog podcast. And again, it's I'm not going to be involved. Like none of us, it's, it's don't have to hear us. Yeah, don't have to listen <laughs> to us. We are just publishing it. Yeah, we're just putting it up there, and uh, the rest of the guys are going to take care of it from there. And we'll keep you updated on when, where, how, and why, and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Which, uh, by the way, Andrew, somebody asked who uh, when the next bombastic podcast actually is so, tomorrow. There you go. Got lots We're of stuff to talk to, about. Plenty of stuff to talk about. A lot, a lot of takes to rattle off. We didn't even talk any pitching last week, so we got, we got to, yeah, chat about the down. pitchers. Got the scoops to to report. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and we're gonna, literally the literally the best podcast anyone's ever ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> just bar none, not, not even bar close. bar none, including the podcast I'm speaking on at this very moment. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Yeah, but it's uh, you know we're more of the live show. Yeah. You know, going for that. But yeah, and uh, Andrew's gonna have some. Uh, if, uh, players, Razorback players, in up for via NIL. All the cool podcast ones too. very soon. Yeah, only the cool ones. Yeah, yeah uh, all the cool ones. Oh, I didn't say cool only ones. the cool ones. We'll yeah. talk, you know, but all the cool ones specifically. Yes. Yeah. In case anyone gonna, there was any confusion there. Yeah, I don't want anybody coming in and being like, "Hey, what in the world? What is what is that no, going to no, be about?" No. So yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a lot of uh, a lot of good good stuff there for the podcast too. So look forward to uh, hopefully uh, you know being able because I even think it'd be cool. And this is what some we're gonna work towards. That you know, I know we talk a lot about football, basketball, baseball, but I think it'd be great to have, uh, you know, other sports uh, with yeah. podcasting as well, and, and to get involved, you know, to really expound a little bit, and you know, if it's uh, gymnastics or if it's track yeah. or if it's softball or, or you know whatever, uh, we're just kind of opening up our door here at United States Sports, and it's like, hey, we got a podcast studio, you can walk in and do whatever you need to do. So that's uh, or that's if you just want to hang goal. out. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you hang, hang out. out with us too if you if you really if you really want to. That's right. We're cool people. We are the coolest people to hang out with. <laughs> We've got candy. Yeah, we can. You know? We got we got candy <laughs> and six packs of soda uh, that you can drink from, and uh, yeah, it'll be all it'll be all great. A lot it'll of hydration sponsors. That's right. Big time. Yep. So throw those liquid IVs our way if you uh, ever have a chance to do it. So 
Yeah, we're smelling gonna, salts. I mean, we got it all. Yeah, smelling we got salts. We got plenty of it. We got plenty of it, <laughs> folks. So, uh, but uh, we'll close up shop and get into our final segment here on the John Neighbor Show here in just a second, folks. But I got to tell you about Manscaped, though, because we know that uh, all of us men out there, especially of us in the older age, we have to keep ourselves groomed and keep ourselves looking clean and looking good, especially for our lady friends. Am I right? Of course I'm right. And you know I'm right. And there's no better tool than what you're going to get with Manscaped because they have all the different tools, all the different trimmers, all the different things that's going to help you maintain and looking good, feeling good, not only on this side, but everywhere else as well. That's what they're made for. In fact, that's why the old adage is your balls will thank you. I didn't say it. They did because you're a guy. You know what we're talking about. And the best thing about it is because you listen to this show and watch this show, and you also get to check out all the great other content that we have here on Natty State Sports. If you go to manscaped.com and use promo code Natty, that's N-A-T-T-Y, just promo code Natty, you get 20% off of your order plus free shipping. You're not going to get a better deal than that. And we like to give back to the people. We want us guys to look good. And I'll tell you, they send us some stuff. And I mean, you see this? You see this? That's prime real estate right there. And it's because of Manscaped. So check them out today. Manscaped.com. Use promo code Natty. And you'll get 20% off your first order plus free shipping only with Natty State Sports. We'll take our final break. When we come back, close up shop and end the show with some fun stuff. So we won't miss it. So stay tuned here on the John Neighbor. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we're not done. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we're not done. We're not done yet. The John Neighbor Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Dive into and clean up and uh, have some fun with too. Is I am your host John Neighbors and alongside Andrew Ellis, as uh, we've had a lot of fun stuff and uh, especially with uh, baseball being is it is it crazy? It's, was it less than two weeks from first game of baseball? Right? Oh yeah, it'll be like two, Week two weeks from Friday. Yeah, so man, eleven days. Yep, from the finest team of James Madison, a four game series, and then Arlington, baby. Arlington. Yeah, 
I'm looking forward to Let's that. Let's have that Peyton Stovall days away tweet ready to go tomorrow morning. Is that going to be 10? Yeah, that'll be 10. Dang. All right, yeah, we got to have that ready to go. Got to got to have uh, some love for our guy Stovey out there. Let him, let him pick the highlight. Like, <laughs> yeah, whichever just, one, whatever your favorite what would, swing what is. What would be his highlight that makes you want? I guess maybe the... The North the Carolina. A&M, you know what's crazy is the A&M swing. Yeah, he nuked that ball against North yeah. Carolina. You know, because he had five hits against Auburn, but it's like I guess none, none of those one hits right. would be one. But I don't know. I mean, the, the A&M Grand Slam was pretty sick, though, last year. And then that was like I think it was the next week is when he had his surgery. Right. So it's like he was uh, hurting. So, yeah, it'd be kind of funny to play that up and be like, hey, he did this with a whatever. But, yeah, maybe that North Carolina one. That was a big one. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's probably right. That's probably, that's probably a safe bet there. Uh, all right, so just a, a few things that uh, we wanted to bring up here. Kind of sad news. Carl Weathers <sighs> passes away at the age of 76. Hated to see Carl Weathers pass that away. One, that one really bummed me out, man. Carl Weathers, just... like, low, more iconic than people realize. You yeah. Know? Played some just big-time characters. I mean, just the other day I was in, I was at a, a restaurant, and Billy Madison was, no, Happy, Happy Gilmore, Gilmore yeah. was playing, and I was just dying laughing at the, when the big hand and he gets run over by the car. Uh, directed episodes of The Mandalorian, people forget, but uh, Apollo Creed, I mean, yeah, also I, played in the NFL, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I, but, and is also, I always forget his name, he was in Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he's like one of the yeah. famous, you know, memes of the hands coming together, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, really sad to see, really sad to see 76 years old, and, uh, yeah, and it's funny, because the, the deadline uh, article actually, just shows Rocky films, Predator, Mandalorian, Happy Gilmore, which is the ones that one, ones that we just ones that we just mentioned. So, yes, <laughs> Action Jackson was the other one that yeah. uh, he was involved in. But yeah, he died peacefully in his sleep on February first. But yeah, just really sad to see and guy that uh, you know again. My first movie I remember watching him in was Happy Gilmore. But I always see like I mean he's Apollo Creed forever. Like when I think of for him, most people, yeah. Like I remember when he was in Mandalorian. I didn't for some reason I didn't know he was going to be in Mandalorian, but I just remember. That was one of the ultimate, like, Leo pointing at that. I was like, oh, yeah. Apollo yep. Creed is in Star Wars. I was so excited. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that really bummed me out. That it, happened, by the way, like, 20 minutes after we filmed Friday's six-pack. Oh, man. As soon as Bad I read timing. it, I was like, dude, he would have got a whole section on the six-pack. Yeah, and he, and he deserved it, too, man. Oh, he, yeah. was, he was always great. So, yeah, sad to see Carl Weathers pass away. R.I.P., one of the uh, one of the all-time greats. And, uh, you know, there, there's some other stories that we'll, uh, we'll dive into. But, like, this one... I, I'm curious, and the reason I'm asking about this, because everyone's wearing these. What are these Apple ProVision things? Like, I, what's going on here? Got, normal folks like you and I won't discover them until, like, three years when they're no longer cool. Uh, but, yeah, apparently it's – I don't know what all you can control with it, because I've seen people driving in cars with them. Because look at this. Yeah, that's – Apparently it just gives you, like, a fake – you know, it's just VR, like, you can just see whatever – but it's like I've, I've seen them at this game. I've seen them like kids walking around. I've seen them being talked about. Everyone's like, hey, and then people tweeting. like, hey, is the Apple, Apple Pro Vision, Vision Pro whatever, whatever thing worth it? I'm like, what is it? It looks I like I don't even have like an some, Apple Watch. Yeah. I still haven't gotten an Apple Watch. I've been holding off on that. I, yeah, that's what I just wonder what it does. And maybe I need to look it up. But I've just seen it all over the place. And I'm like, man, OK. Have you ever used any VR headset? Have you ever done any of those? Actually, you have not. So my uh, have. nephews have have one. And so I played that played played it at my sister's house and. I did. I I did the old man thing where I like started trying to run. Like I was playing quarterback and I tried to like go run the play action. I was trying to sell my fake man. I tripped into the couch. It's like you forget once you're in there for a while that you you can't move around. Like that guy, I wouldn't have been stunned if he had ran out on the court. 
See, that's, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, I, it would get too real for me where I'm like, I forget where I am. Real. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it happens to everyone in their, you see all the videos of people like punching their screens. Like, that's it's, scary. it's crazy, but it's like, yeah, that's just, it's what we're going to be doing. It's sad. People will be watching uh, Natty State Sports via Apple Vision Pro while they're driving. <laughs> you get to <laughs> get that VR while you're uh, going through the office and get to see some things. But have and you seen the videos of people driving with that mask on, though? Like, people will be wearing, they'll be in their driver's seat. I'd call the cops. I'd call 911. No, like, I straight out. I was like, if people are going to start driving, like, I might just have to move to downtown Fayetteville and just never drive, ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's bad enough when you're having people, like, driving cars that aren't people other people that other people don't drive or like yeah. you just don't have to drive them like it's bad enough as it is but yeah that's the type of thing that uh i don't know really freaks me out we're what? screwed as a society i've also seen them training these robots up too that like look like the the robots are getting very competent i'm that, like guys yeah and we AI, don't want to give have them too much power you know they will they will find out that they have that power there's like plenty it, of movies about this exact thing I, there was a movie called The Terminator. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, yeah, that was about, that is a that is a, a warning sign. That is there. a warning sign, and you know that's we're just a, a society ignores them though. <laughs> well, I know you brought this up. I wanted to bring it up again. What do you think of Shane Gillis being able to host Saturday Night Live after in 2019 he was hired and then fired or canceled, if you will, yeah. because some of the uh, was was it the uh, R word that he was used? I think, I think it was. he was. I think he uh, referred to. I think he said some like borderline xenophobic, like talking about Asian ah, people. Ah, okay. I think he, and so because I, I heard somebody being like, it'd be crazy if he did his monologue in China, like in a Chinese that would be, accent. But that'd be on brand for him. Because here's the thing, no, like, yeah. uh, I I love Shane Gillis. Yeah. Shane Gillis is hilarious, but I love the fact that. This is honestly him being fired from SNL was probably the best thing that ever happened to him because it everyone was because yeah. everyone was like whoa what what did this guy say who is this guy when they saw the news and it really gave him a lot of popularity. See to what's it crazy too. is like I I'm pretty on the internet and like I knew I know who Shane Gillis is now I've known him about him for I guess the last few years like most people uh, I don't remember this happening like I was not plugged in at that point uh, and maybe I just maybe I just don't the name didn't stick with me for whatever reason. Because I remember when he get, whenever this happened, and I, I just saw him was like, oh, of course Shane Gillis is doing SNL, cool. Yeah. And then I saw people being like, oh, you know, got fired, and I was like, oh, I did, I, did, I was not aware of any yeah. of that, and I do like Shane Gillis a lot. I, well, the only reason I remember it is because I think it was made, it, like the next week when he got fired, he went on the Joe Rogan podcast to kind of tell all gotcha. and talk about it, and I remember he was just like kind of shocked. Well, first off, he talked about how shocked he was they even gave him the job at SNL. Yeah. But then also how shocked it was, how it just like moved on and how weird it was. But yeah, there is no one that does a better Donald Trump impression no, yeah. than, than Shane Gillis. This is perfect. The the, just the, the finger and the, the way he does it and just the voice. Yeah, it's great. So if you haven't watched, I think it's on YouTube for free is uh, Austin. Yeah, I was gonna, I, yeah. I read, on the six pack today. I told people, I was like, if you have not watched anything, go watch him. His his stand up in Austin is like oh, one man. of the best stand up sets I've ever seen. Man, when he talks because when he talks about Alabama football. Yeah, and you know, they're talking about wait a minute, this team's five and zero. Oh. Those are my brothers. <laughs> These are my brothers. <laughs> like, yeah. I always see. I still to this day, I will see people quote tweet something, and they'll be like, "Those are my brothers." Wait, yeah. we're four and zero. Oh? Those are my brothers. Yeah, because you know he talked about. He's like, they're in college football. He's like, let me just tell you, he's like, white cornerbacks don't exist. He's like, yeah. they they got them in like the San Diego, like whatever. And I was like, obviously, he has not met. Hudson Clark. Right, yeah. So, white but, corners yeah. are on the way up. By the way, Hudson Clark, I guess, no longer a white corner because he's now a safety. safety. But yeah. there was a white corner in the NFL, like, in the last couple of years. Who? Somebody I can't remember his name, but I think like, it was somebody from Iowa, maybe. But there Man, was a white corner. There's a white corner that's, like, prominent. 
I don't know if prominence the word, but one that was serviceable no, in the last couple years. one that's known. Yeah. yeah, one that is playing at a high level. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's there's a few. It's it's almost back. Yeah. Well, it's just like he because yeah. I mean, I could quote the Shane Gill stuff all the time, yeah. but he's just like even I if I see a white wide receiver, I'm like, oh yeah, go go. <laughs> oh, they got him. Caught him from behind. Caught like, him from behind. Yeah, it's like they no, know. <laughs> no breakaway speed. Yeah, no none whatsoever. Uh, Paige Van Sant. I know if you're a oh, C yeah. guy, what do you what are, what are your thoughts on Paige Van Sant? Uh, I'm from what I can tell. So she's she's been out of MMA for a little bit now. She I has. A few she's years. done other ventures. From what I can tell, she was never that great at fighting. Uh, but yeah, apparently she's been making a lot of money. She's good. Uh, she's apparently, a, she's good at looking good. I guess. Or that's looking that's good the word on the street. But yeah, I, I saw her circulating the other day. Yeah. Uh, for her, what what is this story? Yeah. Here? So basically, uh, she talks about how she considered a fifty thousand dollar offer to simply cut her hair in a bob style on OnlyFans. But an additional request had her concern for her well-being. She said, I had a yeah. request on OnlyFans and the latest installments of her and husband Austin Vanderford's A Kick-Ass Love Story podcast. Whatever. Everybody's huh. got a podcast these days. Uh, somebody wrote, and they offered me $50,000 to cut my hair into a bob. They did want the back of my head shaved. He reached out and said he was fine with me sharing all this. The caveat is that I had to mail him all of my hair. So my question yeah, is, no, you can't do that, Andrew. You have a lot of hair. You have a lot of long hair. Would you have cut your hair for fifty thousand dollars? I would have cut my hair for fifty thousand dollars. The mailing it to the guy, and also if I were a if I were Paige Van Zant, yes, who is a prominent person who's known for looking good, and you're getting requests like that. That also they want to mail. I, I understand why she was concerned for her safety, which is why. But just in a nutshell. John, if you were like, hey, Andrew, I'll give you 20 bucks to go get a haircut. I would, If you paid for the haircut, I would just go get you it. You just like, go get it. <laughs> but I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm, I'm like the one person with long hair who does not care about the long hair at all. Yeah, yeah that's I'd, a, shave it, I'd shave it for just the right person to smile at me. Yeah, I never had long hair. Like I said, this is the longest like my hair's ever been. So Your hair's looking a little, it's, it's, it's getting, I getting got long. I was noticing today. I was like, man. Got a haircut in the morning, man. It's been terrible. I've, I've gone like, this is like two months without a haircut. So You're living on the yeah. edge, man. You look yeah. like a rebellious yeah, trying to guy. Trying to live out my youth. Everyone's just like, hey, listen, the hair getting longer doesn't mean you get younger. I'm like, I'm not going for that. Like, it's just, there's no point in that. It's too much to deal with. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know no, how That's kind of where but. I'm at. Like, I let it get so long because I was just like, now I don't have to deal with it because it's so long. But there's a midsection there where it's long enough to where you have to kind of Make yeah. sure it looks right, but now it's so long that I can just kind of throw it all back and wear a hat. Yeah, uh, but See, that's, I don't know. that's the life right there. Just yeah. being able to put on a Shout hat. Shout out to my big chicken it. hat. I went to Big Chicken today. Oh yeah, and they didn't comment on the fact that I was wearing a freaking Big Chicken hat. Man, you thought that that'd give you like a discount or something like that? The woman was not up. in a good mood at the drive-through. Oh man, not having a good day. Oh man, yeah, I need to go back there again. Give me some. Does he said to change the fries? So no, they didn't really. I, and oh, I confirmed okay. that a few days later. Okay. Uh, that Curtis Curtis went at like nine p.m. and they had run out that day. Oh, so they had but to go I even with the asked the woman. Fries. I was like, my buddy came here the other day. If she a fast food like, restaurant runs out of fries, do they go to like a next door like restaurant and be like, hey, can we borrow some fries? I, I, I guess they just maybe they have t- potatoes back there and they just like once they run out, they're like, all right, we're just gonna slice gonna these suckers these up real. and do what we got to do. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the ones Curtis had look like just cafeteria, like run of the mill. Man, yeah, I can't do that. But no, the ones they have are really good. Yeah. Well, that's again, I'll have to check it out myself. Shout Jeez, out Roddy Brewer soon. if you're tapping if you're tapping <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, which I know is. So <laughs> anything you learned today, Andrew, at all? Uh I learned that Arkansas baseball is still going to be very good. Still the best team ever. Um I was encouraged by what I saw. I had a great day hanging out with the baseball team. And uh I learned that I missed the kiss in the Kentucky Tennessee game, which I'm devastated about. 
Although I'm glad we didn't talk about it on the six pack this morning since you talked about it on the show today. And uh, also the Paige Van Zandt thing. I was I was I saw her going viral because she she was like convinced that the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey thing was all a fraud, and people love that. And so all the all, all the all the conservative people were like, "Oh yeah, this hot blonde girl says that uh, Travis Therefore, Kelsey's a fraud." It must be true. Hell yeah. yeah, she's our new Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Paige Van Zandt is gunner 100. percent She's either going to work at Natty State Sports or with Tommy Loren by the end of 2024. I don't know how because I mean or or both because Tommy or Loren both. will work for us. Could could work for us. Yes, yeah. we've been in, we've been in talks. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we we've been hitting her up, and yeah. I'm sure she's looking to leave. Nashville. I think once we found out that Paige Van Zandt wasn't good at fighting, and I don't know what she did after that. I think she'll cycle through a few things before she comes comes to uh, Center Street. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think the thing that I learned today is that uh, all you Razorback fans feel the same way I do. You don't care. You're over it. You're done. You're moving on from basketball, and you just want the season to end. I think that that's what I learned. It's a good learning, yep. though. It's a good learning curve. But appreciate everybody listening in and watching into the John Neighbors Show. For Andrew Ellis, as well as Scotty Borden, as well as Curtis Wilkerson, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.